Welcome to the Arms Race, the podcast where we're trying to determine which action star has the highest body count in movie history, currently by watching each Sylvester Stallone movie. I'm Mike Olson. And I'm Kevin Keane, and today we're discussing Escape Plan The Extractors, released by Lionsgate on July 2nd, 2019, starring Sylvester Stallone, Max Zhang, Dave Bautista, Devin Sawa, Jamie King, Malise Zhao, Harry Shum Jr., Russell Wong, and Lydia Hull with Curtis Jackson. Written by Miles Chapman and John Hertzfeld. Directed by John Hertzfeld. Uh, I'm sorry. Really? You're yeah. apologizing again, huh? I'm apologizing again. I mean, in in my defense, there's not a lot left for us to pick from. Um, no, there isn't. This this was not a good movie. I, I liked it more than you, I think. Cause, um, really? Okay. I didn't hate it. It's a bad movie, but I don't know. I mean, it has tonal problems, and we'll get into all this stuff, but... On the whole, I'm impressed at how not terrible it is. Because <laughs> here, here's what I think is going on with this. And, you know, we, we talked about the like, kind of production of Escape Plan 2 a little bit when you did that movie. And, you know, basically this is just a kind of a cash grab by some Chinese financiers. Escape Plan did well in China. And so, like, let's just quickly put out a couple of sequels and just try to exploit Escape Plan for whatever. Yeah, for whatever the brand is worth in China. Exactly. And Escape Plan 2 will show you how how much that can go wrong of just, like, let's shoot this movie as fast as possible and you know, have Stallone on set for three days or whatever it is. And, you know, you look at Escape Plan 2, and I'm sure this movie is just, it's it's looking good in my eyes because I'm comparing it to Escape Plan 2. <laughs> but that shows how badly that can go. And, you know, I saw the trivia that this movie was filmed in 20 days. And when you consider the... Financial pressures this was under. When you consider that, I'll, I'll bet Stallone has just as little screen time in this as in Escape Plan 2, but it feels like he's in the whole movie. They did a great job of making it feel like Stallone is involved. He doesn't really do anything until the end. He's not really as involved as it seems. They do I, a great job tricking you. I will you. give you that. Now that I'm thinking back, you're right. They do a great job tricking you into thinking that he's in more of the movie than he really is. You know, I thought the writing was much better in terms of... And I thought the performances were much better. I liked Devin Sawa as the villain. I thought he was a good villain. He was pretty good. You know, I, there are certain the things... I I've seen him in since Idle Hands. That's I, the only thing I've seen him in since the... the not Mighty Ducks. What's the uh, that football movie with Rick Moranis? Football movie with Little Rick Giants. Moranis. He's in Little <laughs> Giants as a child actor. That's what you've seen? You didn't see I'm, Idle Hands? Not that it's no. great, but... Because I, I, I know Devin Sawa, I've, I've heard his name as an actor, and I know he's like you know pretty well-regarded yeah, as an actor. And I was like, I, I don't know him from anything. Let me look him up. And I looked up his filmography, and there I saw Little Giants. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's that little kid in Little Giants. <laughs> That's the only other thing I've seen him in. But I liked him in this. I think, the you know, by and large, the fights were well choreographed. I liked the music in this movie. This movie had things that I liked about it. I just, I couldn't help, I'm watching this movie, I'm going, if they had 45 days to film this, it would have been a great movie. But they clearly a did not have 45 of- days, because they only had 20 days, and so it suffers. I think everything that's bad about this movie is purely because they filmed it in 20 days. Otherwise, I think, like, I'm, I'm impressed okay. that it's not terrible. I'm going to give you this. I actually do agree with you, and I'm not even sure I'm meeting you halfway. Okay. I, I think I agree outright that it, it was not terrible, but it is not a good movie. And here's where I think it unravels for me. And it, it's going to go to script problems from day one. And maybe it's more tone than script problems. This is so far and such a far departure from Lucky Ray Breslin. Oh, that's true. That's what my I think my big problem is. It's, You're right. It's not a terrible movie. It's a terrible sequel to Escape Plan. Yes. If this, if, honestly, if, if this was a sequel to Bullet to the Head, right. 
which in some ways actually it kind of fe- felt that way to me. Yeah, no, totally. Way more like Bullet to the Head. I actually, I, I probably would have the Rocky rating higher than I do on this. Yeah. I think, and I shouldn't, I, I'm not sure why I'm defending and I have like some affinity or or I, I I don't know why I really liked the first Escape Plan. I did too. And this doesn't feel like a sequel to Escape Plan, no, really. Not at all. And look, the second one was so terrible that a, a lot of credibility was destroyed in that. Yeah. But I, I think I think if it wasn't that the name Ray Brett, because everybody else, other than Fifty Cent, pretty much just swapped out. Right? You've got Abigail's. <laughs> yeah. so, so many people are different that it almost doesn't matter. Yeah. But because you still have Stallone, I think that's what my issue was with. With this movie, it's not a terrible movie, but I I wish it was Bullet to the Head two and not Escape Plan three. Yeah, you're absolutely right because near the end of this movie, Ray is talking about how the whole like, oh my old man, and he used to say, you know, like there's none of that in the first no, Escape like, Plan. He, his, literally, he's got that license plate. We've been mockingly say Lucky Ray. Like he does not feel like Lucky Ray. He's like I'm a bad man or whatever. He's like, no, it, you're it, not. You're Ray Breslin. Feels like John Rambo all all of a sudden. Yeah, it does. You're right. It's a terrible uh, sequel to Escape Plan. Although it feels, it at least feels like it has some tenuous connection to the first movie as opposed to Escape Plan 2, which didn't oh, feel yeah. like it had any connection. That's fair, too. I do think that they did a better job within the script of at least, even if the tone of Ray Breslin yeah. doesn't fit, the, you know, the it's really lazy when you just use the same name and put a junior on it. That that was pretty lazy, but whatever. Well, at least it made it so that I didn't have to remember his name. I was just calling him Junior in my notes. <laughs> so that I, I didn't mind that so much. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's... it's uh, Yeah, I think if this had just been... Forget, like, Bolt Ahead, too. If this had just been, like, new movie, right. you know, whatever. And at least it, it wisely ignores Escape Plan 2. Although they were, I think, written simultaneously and like basically made simultaneously. They filmed Escape Plan 3 before Escape Plan 2 came out. So, and they have different directors and clearly, clearly different directors because, yeah, they don't feel, it doesn't feel like the director of Escape Plan 2 was in any kind of communication with the director of Escape Plan 3. This is even worse than Rise of Skywalker. This is like times a thousand that. Those two people didn't know... They weren't on the same planet. Yeah. Well, because I was thinking about um, the character in Escape Plan 2, Shu, who was part of uh, Ray's team, and he's like kind of the main character of Escape Plan 2, basically. And he's nowhere to be found here. And, you know, there's this character in this movie, Bao, who's like this, you know, he's he's, uh, security for... We'll get into the, the plot. I'm going, that could have been Shu. Like they could have just—he left Ray Breslin's and he got the job as you know. Right. He, tie it to Escape Plan Two. Have it be this character who theoretically we care about, which even though we don't, you know. <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head. They realized nobody cares about the character, so there's no reason to connect them. But they didn't know that no one would care when they were making this because they made Escape Plan Three before Two came out. So it's funny how even even in that context, they were just like, "We're not paying attention to Escape Plan Two. It's like two parallel alternate." sequels and then they changed the, this originally was called escape plan three and they changed it to just escape plan the extractors the extractors like, yeah which you know i mean it's a pretty generic title i don't know i'm i'm gonna be defending this movie to a degree i, I there's there are things that i liked about it i liked how simple it was again i think compared to escape plan two where it's like hacker groups and rotating prison walls and whatever the hell is going on robotic uh, you know guards and robotic medical uh, personnel and this like, movie is very didn't they have like the the hackers i don't even remember their names the three like albino oh, dudes. Yeah, legion right legion. legion that's what legion of doom yeah. i think we were calling them. algorithms and stuff this movie is so simple in a way that i kind of appreciate it. it's like bad guys kidnapped people we need to save them <laughs> that's all the plot is 
I mean, we basically covered the. We should just skip that segment now because I've covered the plot. But you know, but I appreciated that it. it was just like bad guys kidnap people. We need to stop. That's the plot. But I appreciated how straightforward and simple it is. It's just like this is just a straight ahead action um, movie. I'm I'm kind of into it. All right. Well, let's get into it. All right. Let's get into it. What day is it? What year? All right, it is. I got July second of twenty nineteen as a release date. I don't remember if that was Vietnam or the Russian release date, but that's that's what I went with. July second, twenty nineteen. That's what I said at the beginning. Oh, good. Okay, so we had the same date. Uh, so this is the segment of the show where we're going to discuss uh, the box office and history around uh, the. I'd say the release, but I guess the upload. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure what it was. Not really box office either. Well, there's a little bit. So I, right. I found, and I, I could not find it in any other source other than Wikipedia, which it's not an ideal source, but it's the only place I could find anywhere a budget listed. This seems suspect to me. A $3.8 million budget is what I saw. That that seems suspect to me. Well, also, we talked. if you go back and listen to our Escape Plan 2 episode, you'll hear me talk about the suspicious finances of some of these uh, production companies that are involved. And actually, we'll get to it later. There's an article that just went up on Vulture.com. I'll, we'll talk about it later. Okay. But yes, you're, you are correct to be suspect. Well, I'm, it, my only suspect is because I got it from Wikipedia. But So $3.8 million budget. The total uh, box office I, w- I was able to find, and it's all foreign, $1.766 million in total, uh, total box office. Uh, the largest market with 653000 the United a- Arab Emirates was the... The oh, biggest market for, uh, for for this movie. It makes me wonder if they got Escape Plan Two theatrically. Because I was gonna, I was just about to say, I, I wish, look. I wish we had the Escape Plan Two foreign box office and to see. I should have Regions that got Escape Plan Two. If the bad word of mouth about that one affected Escape Plan Three, <laughs> and so they just opened it where Escape Plan Two did not show. I mean, I would have if I was them. It'd be interesting. All right, so I did pull up, even though it was not released in theaters here in the U.S., I pulled up the U.S. box office just to be consistent. Sure. So July of 2019, Spider-Man Far From Home is the number one movie in America. Oh, sure. Uh, with $92.5 million of, of box office. Uh, and that is, its, uh, that is it's, its opening week, I think, or opening weekend. That movie, I haven't seen it since it first came out, but uh, I liked... Um, um God, what's his name? The villain. The, the oh, Michael Keaton was awesome. No, no, no. That was the, you're thinking of the first one, uh, which is Homecoming. You're right. Far from home. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. I, yeah. I actually, I, it I, for me, it, it was tough because Homecoming was like one of the, in my view, I think one of the best movies Marvel did. Yeah. So it was a tough act to follow, but I I like Jake Gyllenhaal in general. So I think I think I like that movie more than I should have is my recollection, because I like Jake Gyllenhaal. That's what I was going to say, is I didn't really care for the movie, but I think Jake Gyllenhaal kind of drags Carried that it. movie up, because yeah. I think he's so good in that movie. I agree. Uh, number two is, I think, a movie you and I saw together, Toy Story 4, with $33.8 million. That's true. We did see it together, and I did not like it. Uh, I did not either. We want to talk about a cash grab? That really felt like a cash grab. Eh, I'm not that cynical about it. I mean, whatever. It's, really? it's. I think Toy Story 3 was a nice way to end the series. I don't think you needed to story for but people people like it i whatever people are entitled to like it i don't like it uh, honestly other than keanu reeves there's nothing <laughs> in that true. movie keanu reeves is pretty good it was it duke kaboom duke kaboom duke kaboom was awesome and to be clear i love the first three toy stories it's not like a toy story cynicism <laughs> but i just 
I I would prefer Toy Story three to be the, the last one. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna treat the Toy Story series in the same way they treat Star Wars. Last Jedi is the last Star Wars movie. Toy Story three is the last Toy Story you movie. Just ignore it. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is the last Indiana Jones movie. Although who knows if that fifth one will be any good. We'll see. All right, uh, number three movie. This isn't that long ago. I don't know this movie. Yesterday. Do you know that movie? Oh, that's the Beatles. Um, what if the Beatles never existed? Oh. I saw it. It's okay. All right. Well, ten, just over $10 million in its second week. I did not know anything about that movie, so what? I learned something on the podcast today. What's his name? Uh, Danny Boyle directed it. Okay. It's fine. All right. Number four, Annabelle Comes Home with $9.4 million. Uh, I think that's like a horror franchise, isn't it? Yeah, it's about a doll that kills people, I think. It's like Chucky, but just, if Chucky was like super serious, I think is kind of what it is. <laughs> to remove all the comedy out of the Chucky franchise. I'm not sure that I... I barely am interested in the Child's Play series. I don't think I need a super serious version of that. Uh, number five movie in America, Aladdin. Uh, obviously, the, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but the live action. Yeah. Uh, it had been hanging around a while. That's a seven and a half million. It is in its seventh week, three hundred and twenty million dollars in box office. So Disney certainly was raking it in in twenty nineteen. I should probably see some of those live actions. I'm I'm very cynical about them for no particular reason. I've never seen any of them. I didn't watch Dumbo. I didn't see the Lion I, King. Remake. I didn't either. I'm super cynical myself. I think I, at least I can tell you what it is for me. I just I don't feel like they're necessary. I don't I don't care yeah. is what I think it is. I've got Disney Plus though. I should probably watch them just to just to say I watched them. And that said, I'm not sure why I'm in, kind of interested in this one, but so you know, I've been to the movies relatively recently. And I I I don't even I don't even really like 101 Dalmatians. I, I think I like Mr. Burns' song parodying it more than sure. anything else. I haven't seen that movie since I was a kid. I I, whatever. I well, I'm not a huge fan, but for some reason, I don't know, the trailer for Cruella, for some reason I'm kind of somewhat interested in it. So I've not seen the trailer, maybe I should watch it. I, I don't know if you will be, and I'm not sure I really should be, but for some reason, I don't know, It maybe it's because it seems, the theme and tone is very much, I would say, almost Warner Brothers and Harley Quinn in a way, but it's almost in a way of like, no, this seems like more of what I would want. I'm, I already want nothing to do with any of the Justice League and any of the Suicide Squad. For some reason, it seemed like it had a tone that was similar, but it was a little more believable and plausible. Oh, I don't know. This is the first episode we're recording since they released that Suicide Squad trailer, which You're we're excited. gonna we're gonna have to watch it because Sylvester Stallone is in it <laughs> as a <What>? shark. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that for a second. As a shark, he seems like he's having fun. He's the he seems like the Groot of that movie based on the trailer. I don't know anything about the Suicide Squad like characters, but I, I don't either. I'm. Well, whatever. I was not. I was not. I can tell you this. I was not excited based on, based on that trailer. Based on the, the Cruella trailer. Or based no, on the, the Suicide, Suicide Squad. Trailer. Oh, I thought the trailer looked fun. Oh, all right. Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll agree and maybe we'll disagree on that one. But you're right. We're going to have to add another movie to the list. So yep. getting this one done, we're just treading water. Damn you, James Gunn, for putting still another movie. I, you know, and I think that's it too. Is that because of the director? I thought I was going to be like I, I was not super excited by that trailer. Okay. Uh, number six. Mid Somar. I haven't seen that. It's a horror movie, I think. Okay. Man, I I am really out of touch. I mean, two of the top ten I don't know anything about. It's very well regarded, Midsummer. I think it's kind of artsy. Okay. Six and a half million. Uh number seven, The Secret Life of Pets Two with four point six million. Okay. I can't believe this is still hanging around. It looked terrible. Number eight. 
in its fourth week, uh, four weeks, I guess it's not that much. Uh, Men in Black International with 3.7 million. We did not need another Men in Black movie. That movie feels like it came out eight years ago. It, I can't believe it was 2019. I agree with you. It does feel like it was a long, long time ago. I would not have guessed that that was a contemporary with... Because uh, I would not guess that... It, yeah, it was a contemporary with... Number nine, Avengers Endgame is still in theaters okay. with 3.1 million. I believe it. Man, i just looking at the, the, the gross right now. Hold on. We got Spider-Man Far From Home, which is br- basically brand new. 185 million total box office at that point. Um, so maybe that was its second week. That might have been... Yeah, it might have been its second week. All right, fine. So in its second week... Toy Story 4, 306 million. Aladdin, 320 million. Uh, and the Avengers Endgame, $847 million. Yeah. Disney really needs theaters to open back up. It just lost its uh, first place spot, though, because of like a re release of Titanic or something, right? Uh, I didn't see that. Is that true? I think so. Oh, that seems cheap. Something, I'm pretty sure it was Titanic. I think Titanic is once again the. The highest grossing king of the world is what it is. I think. Oh, I think they're taking advantage of the fact that there are very few movies in theaters right now, and so people who come want on, to, Cameron, we need to get a few yeah, extra bucks as things open up. Do it's some like, sort of intro or something for us. I, I don't even think they did that. I'm not sure. <laughs> I could be wrong. Maybe I'm misremembering I, a story. No, it could very well be because there have been a lot of you know welcome back you know to the movies, and they're just re you know releasing. I've gone to a few of them. Yeah. Uh, we took my son to see Ferris Bueller's Day Off because. Yes, we have it at home, but I'm like, ah, this would be cool. You know, and we yeah. had the theater to ourselves, so it was super safe, too. That would be fun to see, if only because then it makes the jokes make sense. If you're still here, go home. <laughs> I've never seen Ferris Bueller in theater, so I've never had it, uh, seen that joke. He was telling you to go home in the home that you were right, already I'm in. already at home, Ferris. Uh, and then f- rounding out the top ten, Rocket Man in its sixth week, 2.6 million. Uh, rounding out the top ten. All right. Television in 2019. Just skip it. Who cares? <laughs> no. I feel like I have to do this. Uh, M- NBC Sunday Night Football is number one in America, of course. That says it all right there. Uh, and then it's pretty much sports and CBS. Here we go. Uh, although it is adjusted because Game of Thrones is on here. So it does. it, it is it is adjusted to get cable viewers in there. Uh, the Big Bang Theory is number two. Number three, I, I guess this is the original, NCIS, because I think there's still like Seven of those things, or at oh, least at yeah. one point there was. Number four was Game of Thrones, well past its prime. Wow, I'm sur- even as big as Game of Thrones was, I, I'm surprised an HBO show can crack this list. I was too, but it was the final season, and everybody I think was still. You've got the limitation of who is subscribed, and I can't. I, that's that's a huge achievement for an HBO show to make the actual like top list. I, top I right. agree with you, but some it's two things though, right? It's that it. It's a huge it's a huge show that was winding down and what I'd say one of the last water cooler shows too because of, you know, just Oh, it was a huge show. I just when you think about the math of it. Yeah, but it's also that network TV. I mean, when you look at it, it's Bing Bang Theory, NCIS and then it's all basically sports. We got Fox and NFL Network Thursday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, Pre-Kick is number 6. <laughs> the pre-game show. That's amazing. That's just how how uh, much t- television is just dead by 2019. It really is. Because number seven is Young Sheldon, so it's basically just the Big Bang Theory, yeah. some more of that. Number eight, NFL regular season on ESPN. Wow. Number nine, This Is Us, which is actually tied with FBI, which is that the same FBI that... 
<laughs> if only. That Rick Dalton was starring yeah. in? I, that FBI, I might be interested in if Rick Dalton was in it. I mean, that's a real episode. You go watch that episode starring, um, um, who did they replace with Rick Dalton? It was, um, shoot, from Smoking the Bandit. Names I can never remember people's. Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds was in that he episode was, of FBI. Yeah, that's, that's who they replaced. Oh, that is. They perfect. replaced Burt Reynolds with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. That, might, that has to be like the perfect actor for them to have picked. Oh, to totally. have Rick Dalton. <laughs> so that that episode exists. I'm sure you could find that episode of FBI I, somewhere. I now thank you. That has just added a whole nother layer for me because I can completely envision Burt Reynolds hanging around with his buddy. See that guy was a <laughs> prick. Yes. <laughs> Well, also, Rick Dalton is in that scene, like, chewing gum, which is, like, such a, yes. a Burt Reynolds staple. Yes. Yeah. That is perfect. Well, because Burt Reynolds was supposed to be in that movie, and he died before he could be in it. I didn't know that. He was supposed to play uh, um, the Spawn Ranch owner. Oh, yeah. That What's funny is that's what I would have guessed, yeah. is that that's who it is. Instead of, um, oh, now the name is going to escape me. Don't look at me. I know who you mean. It'll come to me. All right, let me finish out the history here. The S&P 500 is at just under 3,000 at 2,996. All right. For the month of July, the first history bit, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration reports that July 2019 has been the hottest month on record globally at 0.95 degrees Celsius above the 20th century average. Not not a good piece of history. I have a feeling that's going to happen pretty much every year. Unfortunately, it likely will. Uh, July also impacting the environment. July 1st, Japan resumes commercial whaling after a 30-year moratorium following its withdrawal from the International Whaling Commission. I didn't know about that. Uh, I didn't either. Some of these things, sometimes I learn. Uh, None of this is good news. (laughs) It usually isn't, but it's even more depressing when it's recent. (laughs) It is. Uh, July 6th, this, it actually, July, it was, it was really downer. Everything I found. July 6th, billionaire financier and registered sex offender Jeffrey Epstein is arrested on federal charges of sex trafficking and additionally charged by the Southern District of New York with sex, tra- sex trafficking and conspiracy to traffic minors in Florida and New York. July 10th, maybe a little bit more upbeat, the last Volkswagen Beetle rolls off the line in Mexico. The last of just under 6,000 special edition cars will be exhibited in a museum. Okay. Uh, but then July 11th, singer R. Kelly is arrested in Chicago on federal sex trafficking charges. <laughs> well, it's not. It's good news they're being arrested, these people, I guess. It's true, but it's, oh, man, this is not good. Uh, also on the criminal front, July 17th, Joaquin El Chapo Guzman, former head of the Sinaloa cartel, which became the biggest supplier of drugs in the United States, is sentenced to life in prison plus 30 years, which I found to be very interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, I know how affects, sentencing yeah. Yeah, has to work for certain victims, I understand. But it is it is still kind of... Is that before or after he got broken out of prison? Because I think he got... He was in prison and then he... Oh, this was well after. He was broken down, they, down in Mexico. I mean, he, he broke yeah. out m- multiple times in Mexico. Okay. Uh, but so no, he, this was in the... now back in prison. No, once he was in the U.S. that... Oh, that was, that was a U.S. sentence. Yes, okay. that was a U.S. sentence. Okay. Uh, July 24th, Boris Johnson becomes Prime Minister of the United Kingdom after defeating Jeremy Hunt in a leadership contest succeeding Theresa May. That was pretty much it for the month of July. A lot of downers. The New York Times bestseller was Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. Okay. Uh, And this, speaking of... This that doesn't feel like it was 2019. This song feels like it was like six years ago. I can't believe it was only two years ago. 
the Billboard 100, Old Town Road by Lil Nas X, featuring Billy Ray Cyrus. Uh, that doesn't feel that long ago. Oh, it feels like an eternity ago to me. Okay. So that's uh, that's what was going on in July I, of 2019. I associate that song with the Rambo Last Blood trailer because they put that song in that trailer. Do you remember? Yeah. No, I don't remember. I, it was like an I instrumental forget, version, I think. I want to forget that song. That was Whatever. That, that was an annoying song that was popular. It's a silly song. It's like it's the modern equivalent of like Disco Duck or something. You know, it's just <laughs> it, it's hard to get mad at it. I don't mind it. That was July 2019. Okay. Ready thank, for the big picture? Yes. Thank you for keeping certain people's names out of your mouth for 2019 news. Move on to the big picture. I did that for you. Yeah, I appreciate it. You want to talk? We'll talk. I'm a sucker for good conversation. All right. The big picture where we <laughs> discuss the plot of the movie. What's your two sentences? I basically already did it, but you can do it again. All right. Let's 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 see. So I, I did do my best, although I unfortunately had to get Jeffrey Epstein in there. So... Um, yeah, this this is maybe tangentially connected. Shang Industries, quote, not Foxconn, is opening a production plant <laughs> in Mansfield, Ohio, instead of Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin. The daughter of the company founder is kidnapped, apparently for ransom, by Lester Clark Jr., who apparently exists in this universe. Oh, and Ray Blazin no longer escape plans. He seems to be just a brute object, br- blunt force object that slits people's throats. Yes, he is that. I mean, yeah. Well, both both sequels are guilty of this. Of like, take this interesting premise of like a guy who breaks out of prison for a living and then just like, totally ignore it. <laughs> That's the most interesting part of Ray Breslin's character. Is like, yes. well, especially it's like, what kind of a person? Who, they ask in the first Escape Plans, what kind of a person makes a living? Basically, spends all his time in prison, right? Because the idea trying like, to find yeah like weaknesses. He, he spends like eight months out of every year or so in living in prison willingly apparently not anymore now he just hangs out in the office yeah now he's he's well presu- yeah well the movies the neither sequel is very interested in his business anymore it's just oh. it doesn't matter what he does it's just that he's just a tough he just guy knows, he's a tough guy that knows prisons that's all that matters <laughs> right now. Yeah, although he says at the end of this movie he's giving up being a prison stuff. It's like, well, you didn't really choose this this time. You got pulled into this <laughs> prison plot. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, it's essentially a revenge story picking up from the ending of Escape Plan 1. Yeah. Lester Clark, Vincent D'Onofrio was killed. I kind of forget. What's funny is I forgot. I haven't watched Escape Plan in a while. I forgot what happened to him. That's true, because even though it's a Stallone movie, we covered it as part of our Schwarzenegger run, so it was a long time ago we watched it. A long Escape time Plan. ago, and I, there's a part of me, too, I feel bad that we covered it on Schwarzenegger. I feel like Stallone needed one, the, the one good escape plan <laughs> we true. needed it when we were covering him. Yeah, Stallone, or, or Schwarzenegger got credit for the good one, and now <laughs> Stallone gets the junk. You can definitely tell still, I mean, I said on Escape Plan 2, and I think it's also true here, you can really tell that Dave Bautista's character was originally written to be... Arnold, because the way they treat that character of like larger than life, just like just shows up. Yeah, exactly. Just, just is this the superhuman guy? Like, is way cooler than Ray Breslin, basically. Yes. But it's like if it's Arnold, he, it's, it makes sense. But it Dave does. Batista is like drawing all the attention away from Stallone. He does, and I, I like especially in Guardians of the Galaxy. I really like Dave Batista as Drax. I, it's, it's not the same. I like him in this movie more in Escape Plan too, but that's true of basically everything. Yeah. When you compare everything to Escape Plan too, everything's better. That that is fair, but there's a part of me it's like it's it's like I, I want that to be Arnold. It's it's just not the same. Yeah. 
I think if only, well, it's I, who knows what decision Arnold would have made, but I, I can't help but wonder if only this movie had existed, if Escape Plan 2 hadn't existed and they sent Arnold the script for this, maybe he would have done it. But he probably saw Escape Plan 2 first. We're like, absolutely not. <laughs> not touching that thing. So, script yeah. problems from day one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, essentially, Lester Clark Jr. is out for revenge and he... He also wants he that, wants money. He also wants money, and it's like he may as well just kill two birds with one stone. I guess. <laughs> I think that I honestly think that's it. You, yeah. You you pretty much it's bad guys kidnap people. You got to stop them. Lester Clark wants revenge and money because it's, like, it's like this two pronged plan where yeah he kidnaps the daughter of this this industrial. I didn't make the connection to Foxconn. But you're right. It's totally Foxconn. <laughs> and then he send the the so bow is the name of the the bodyguard who failed yes. to protect and star. shen lo yes i didn't remember i didn't pick up low i, I, just I think it's shen lo shen. yeah i had because uh, i actually i was watching a different tv show that i needed close captioning on to understand yeah uh some accents and so i still had it on when i was watching this movie that actor who plays shen lo is is tough to understand a little, little bit tougher bow than bow, is, bow is i think yeah easier he, 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 i think you get the sense that the actor who played Bao actually just speaks English, and the actor who plays Chen Lo is maybe learning his lines phonetically and maybe doesn't fully understand what he's saying. Cause Could be. I don't think that actor is there for acting. He's there for martial arts, and yeah. I think he's really good at it. I think I, I was very impressed with him as a martial arts you know performer, and I thought all well, his fights were pretty good. So it's worth you know you don't he doesn't have to say much you know this this movie doesn't need much in terms of dialogue anyway because no. the the plot legitimately can be summed up in two lines but i think that's why i liked it more is it's it's not really going, trying to be anything no it's try, not trying to do more than it it's capable of doing it's like okay we got 20 days to film this movie let's just make it as straightforward as possible i i remember remember escape plan 2 or that scene where dave batista goes to like that like insect society and his all crazy stuff about like you've got to find this bank bank account or whatever it was like escape plan 2 thought it had a plot and this movie at least knows it doesn't have a plot i forgot about the insect society <laughs> i went back and i, I glanced over my notes from escape plan You're 2 but Escape Plan 2 thought it was this complex thriller, and it was so not. And this movie, at least, is like... Escape Plan 2 had the precogs, apparently, in it from yeah, Minority Report. So much going on in Escape Plan 2 that is, <laughs> is ridiculous. That's why this movie is... There's just no fat in this movie. Devin Sawa kidnapped two people. He kidnapped the daughter of a, a rich uh, billionaire and was asking for, for ransom. That's that's the one prong of his plan. And the other prong is he kidnaps uh, Jamie... Abigail. Uh, Abigail, yeah. Jimmy King's character well, was previously played by uh, Amy Ryan. Amy Ryan, yes, thank you. And that's for revenge because he's angry that his dad was killed. But Fifty Cent killed his dad. Really, we get we we do get a clip of that, which is the one of the few things I did remember from from uh, the first movie. It was Sleepy Time, motherfucker. <laughs> I had forgotten the like frantic like trying yeah. to like slapping on the the steering wheel. It made me laugh. Actually, I had forgotten that too. Yeah, <laughs> and then <"Ray!" laughs> right, <laughs> which really made me laugh too. Yeah, but yeah, I, I guess. And then the thing is, I think this movie probably had more plot that they just cut out in the editing room because I was trying to be like, okay, what's they established that Lester Senior had some kind of business relationship with Jang's company and that. They were basically financing Ray's business, and but Ray didn't know that, that this money was dirty or whatever. And as I looked back at my notes at Escape Plan 1, it was like, okay, Lester sold Ray out to that ship, the, the prison on, yeah. the, on, the, on the ship, because he wanted to run 
this for-profit prison company. And so it's like, all right, we'll give you Ray. But, uh, and I'm going like, is, so is that Jeng's company? Are they trying to connect these dots or does, do they just not care? No, I, guess. I think that was the point is that the technology was provided by Zhang. Right. And that Lester, I think, wanted to basically take over and like run the operations, if you will. Yeah, he wanted to jump over and, and uh, be in this more lucrative side as yeah. opposed to just probably higher profit margins than just, well, Ray's going to sit there for seven or eight months and trying to figure out where your weaknesses are. That's, low, that's a low margin business. Yeah. Exactly. Building and operating black black sites is much <laughs> higher margin. Well, but here, so here's the thing then, because then, okay, so now Lester Jr., we learn, also runs a black site prison. Uh, what country is this supposed to be? I forget. Belarus, I Belarus. believe. Okay. And it's like, okay, well, he, this clearly is not a high-tech prison. No. So he's like. I, I, we're gonna, the most I'm going to talk about is that, so. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe we should say that for technology. I was, I was trying to connect the dots of, like, should I even bother? or should I? Because I'm like, okay, is this, like, a rival black site? Is, it, is he just a freelance guy who just, like, is doing it on his own? Or is this, like, a, a competitor to Zhang where, it's like, they don't have the technology that Zhang has? <laughs> so, yeah, they're just running a low-budget low version. Yeah. Because, yeah, I don't know. It, it, they're like, if you can't, you can't afford, afford the platinum plan. You you know you you get the the bare bones black site I guess so yeah this is this is the budget one yeah <laughs> uh, but I prefer that to Escape Plan Two super high tech robotic place like at least with the moving walls yeah yeah um, at least this felt plausible. relatively plausible yeah. yeah I mean for for what it's worth but yeah so Abigail's kidnapped the daughter's kidnapped they go there and they try to. Break, break them out, prison and, and save them, and they succeed. And for one of those two, that was the more shocking part of it. Is and I, I don't know if this is for better or for worse. I'm, I was kind of of two minds of this, just because Devin Sawa, the, the Lester Junior, he just cuts her throat. He just decides, you know, because they 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 someone trips like a, a wire, and so they know they're coming. So he just decides, I'm just going to kill. No, they're coming. He had to know they were coming. They, he, I thought he wanted them to. That's what I was confused by. Well. <laughs> He had to know they would come because this is basically their job. Because how else is he going to get revenge on Lucky Ray? I don't know if he knew they were going to... Because they had to find the prison. They didn't know where he had taken them. He somehow flew all of them from Ohio to Belarus. How did he do that? I don't know. Um, He must have had some plane ready. But he didn't want his prison to be found. Well, he probably actually stole her plane because she had a private plane that was there. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. There. I I didn't even have that in my questions, but you solved the question. So, but yeah, it didn't seem like he wanted to be found. He didn't expect to be found. I think he just, but yeah, why, why, why even kidnap her at that point? That's what I Because they break into to Ray's, like, building. Yeah, you kidnap her if you just want revenge, then just kill just her kill there. kill her there, right. That, I, so I took it as he wanted to lure Ray in, because he wanted to kill Ray, not her. But if so, then you can't be surprised when he shows up. That's the whole point, right? You're setting the honeypot. Well, also, <laughs> Ray is there, and they could have just killed him then. You know, Ray is maybe, oh, he's scary and he's tough, and you don't want to mess with Ray. I don't know. In his home office? You, yeah. you don't want to mess with... Lucky, I, I just can't not say lucky. <laughs> he is Ray. lucky, Ray. He will always be r- lucky, Ray. He's not very lucky in this no, movie because he loses his girl. Because yeah, the the whole thing is Lester Junior kidnaps. What's what's the daughter's actual name? Daya or something like yes, that. Yes, Daya. Daya. Um, and he slips like a USB thing into. It the, says Breslin. It says Breslin, and then, and then later you learn like that's how I found uh, Abigail. As I tricked you into leading me to him because it had a tracker and the USB or whatever. It's like okay, fine. That, that doesn't seem that seems overly elaborate, but okay, fine. 
Um, I don't know. It just seemed like the movie trying to connect those two plots in a way that oh, I think didn't so. Because like they what doesn't make sense to me is if Ray is still running some sort of business, people have to know how to get to his office. Right. You can Google him. Bao knew how to get to his office. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, you would think that Lester is is the son of his former partner. Right. You think he would know better? Even than... if they moved offices, I get that. But the point is, the guy runs a business, and how did Bao find it? But that's why it would make more sense if that was Shu from Escape Plan Two, because of course Shu would probably know how to find him. So I, you it would hope it so. Would, it would actually make a lot of sense if that character had just been Shu. But no, he's a new guy. It just has the has the name written on a USB. There's just got to be more than one Ray Breslin I, in the world. Did it even say Ray? I thought it just said Breslin. It might just say Breslin. Yeah. <laughs> it just says Breslin. There is is he the only Breslin in the world? Yeah, and if, and and the other character Shen just happens to run into Breslin because they're both breaking into the same place, the same place, one of the Zhang's offices or whatever. So so at least they kind of knew each other because of that. But yeah, Bao didn't know Ray. No, <laughs> just some he guy. Just, he finds a USB that just says Breslin. <laughs> and honestly, it would be like all of a sudden uh, something's in your pocket. It says Olson. Oh. Yeah, that narrows it down. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's fewer Breslins than Olsons in, you know, in the United States, but uh, what's funny is all of these which have gone through, none of those are my questions. I'm generating new questions oh, here. Oh, no. I mean, we, we're talking through the plot and realizing. <laughs> I mean, it's, I knew it didn't make sense. It's it taking just, on more water as we're going through this. I mean, it's not, it's not asking to be dissected. So as we dissect it, I, I think it's clear that uh, it doesn't hold up, but. But anyway, yeah, they all decide to team up, and they fly over there, and they try to break into this prison. And, yeah, they you know. do some damage. Bad guys die. They save a few of the hostages. <laughs> they save a portion of the hostages, minus one. <laughs> Actually, a very small portion. Because there's a bunch of Daya's you know, employees. Most of them don't make it. It's a very small percentage that survives. Is that true? Most of them don't make it? One gets executed, for sure. Oh, almost all of them. There's, she has one left. Everybody they else all get gone. executed? Yeah. When does that happen? I've got it in the body count. Oh, you're going to have to tell me because I didn't. I saw they execute the one person because they call the, 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 the billionaire. Yeah, that was only one. No, there's there's other ones that don't make when it. When do they kill them? No, there's Some get killed in the in the airport or the, the hangar. Oh, yeah, I've got those. There's like three that get killed there. Yeah, well, only one of them I think is actually. So there's a bodyguard. There's one of her employees, and I think the pilot bites it. Yes. Uh, and then there's another one, the, the, when he's trying to narrow down who, uh, well, there's one, there's no talking and that guy gets thrown and is like, he's dead just from hitting a wall. Oh, see, I didn't think he was dead. Oh yeah. He's dead. They I th- drag him off. No, they drag him off. That okay. guy's dead. We can talk about this. And then there's another you. guy who, you know, they first pull out cause they think he might be able to get the access and no, 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 it's not him. And yeah, they shoot him then. Okay, I think I have that guy. Yeah. So okay, I thought you meant okay. I thought we just need to add the guy who gets thrown into the wall because I, I was like that guy's pr- probably pretty hurt, but I didn't think he was. Oh, well, he's gone. So uh, th- there's only like three or four that actually make it to the prison, and then of them, only one of them survives. No, when when they pull everyone into the chapel, there's like nine or ten employees that are there. They execute one of them. See, I thought yeah. when you just said there that none of them make it, I thought you meant they, at some point they execute all of them, but no, they only execute one. No oh, man, to show they mean business because there's nobody else that comes back. Well, you don't see him come back. There's no, like... No, they're they're all dead. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) I hate to break this to you. They're all dead. I wish everyone could see the expression in your face. You're so simple. No, they're all dead. I mean... (laughs) You seem so sorry to be telling me this. Well, here, let's just... Let's walk through the logic, right? So we're in the hangar at the end of the movie. Oh, yeah, they don't come out of the plane, yeah. There's nobody else coming out. Lucky Ray is there. Trent is there. Uh, The one employee who survives... Yeah, Shen. And, and sh- no, oh, no, the, 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 the hacker guy. Yeah, yeah, the hacker guy. I actually don't know his name. 
Shenlo, and Daya. That's the only people who get off the plane. Everybody else is dead. Yeah, but they, maybe they got home another way. <laughs> That's a private plane. There's only so much space. They're dead, man. Well, they should have shown it then. Whatever. It's a reasonable assumption. We'll have to talk about it in the body count segment, whether or not we could count that, because if they died off screens... I mean, none of them are Stallone, but whatever. Yeah, okay. All right, so we... Well, yeah, you're... At at the very least, certainly we see... uh, uh, It's a low... Let's put it this way. The success, this is not a super <laughs> successful mission. It's true. Okay. Well, but I, th- I think maybe that's why the tone goes so dark, because in particular when it comes to Abigail, Abigail's throat is cut, and then, like, it's just like, okay, Ray is pissed now, and rightfully so, and suddenly he's this incredibly violent guy. Which, he's no longer just solving puzzles in his head. No, yeah. Yeah, he's gone from, from <laughs> fun, like, virtual Rubik's Cubes. Just a guy and, and just cutting people's throats and throwing yeah. them yeah. over the three stories. Yeah, that's that is so extreme. But it's, it's, it's understandable given this context. But it's like that's why I think I'm of two minds about it. It's just like, boy, this movie by killing Abigail, especially in such a brutal way, it really sent this movie down a path that it could not come back from. So even at the end, when they get back, it's like, okay, we saved at least we saved Jeng's daughter. And at least we're we we survived and we're alive. There's still this like tone of just like, oh man, <laughs> that was rough. It was. <laughs> All right, I think that's the. I think that covers the plot. You ready? Uh, you got anything else you want to cover? You ready to move on? No, we can move on. All I mean, right. it's a very simple plot. So yeah. let's move on. It's already up in the cloud. What cloud? What cloud? Ah, this is the segment of the show where we discuss how advances or changes in technology might have affected the plot or other scenes in the movie. Uh, I have nothing on this. I'm very disappointed in myself, but I actually have nothing with being a relatively recent movie and a pretty straightforward movie. It is. So all I have, it's not about how modern technology would affect the plot, but it's how would fictional technology that has already been established in this world, because oh, I couldn't help but the, compare... The algorithm? Yes, I couldn't help but compare to Escape Plan 2, of just like, all that exists in this world, and none of this is being utilized, so let me just run through some some technology that we know is part of the canon of Escape Plan. All right, very fair. That I feel like should have been utilized at some point. So first of all, as you said, you know, a lot of people were killed in this movie, uh, very brutally in some cases, but like, you know... The, the whole thing opens with the kidnapping and a couple people are shot in that hangar. And I'm going, okay, bring in the robot doctors to tend for the wounded. <laughs> Where are the robot those. doctors? Because those exist in this world. That movie was so dumb. It's really bad. Dr. Lampstand, remember? <laughs> How did I forget Dr. Lampstand? <laughs> yeah, Dr. Lampstand. Okay, I, I have I have that Les Jr. could have really used those magnetic handcuffs that we see in Escape Plan 2 that just like magically attach to your wrists. I have forgotten everything in that movie. <laughs> um, he also could have used, if only his prison had a rotating layout, we already kind of touched on that. Would, would, could you, let me ask you those, those magnetic cuffs, would they burn as easily as the zip tie cuffs do? Oh in no, this movie? he would not have been able to burn those off. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he would. He would have never escaped himself. No, uh, Shenlow would have been toast. You know what's funny is that's the only moment in this movie that is even remotely taking advantage of the premise of escape plan. The idea of escaping prisons. Characters who are good at escaping prisons, and I totally forgot that moment even happened. That's how far <laughs> this series has come. Where it's like, oh right, he actually does escape his cell. This movie, Escape Plan, where someone escapes well, from a cell and it's so not noteworthy. If he had magnetic magnets, always the magnets. If he had magnetic cuffs, wouldn't work. 
yeah, no, he wouldn't have escaped because yeah, and if they just, uh, then I'm sure this wouldn't have burned by using like paint chips. No, or... <laughs> I'm the... uh, okay, and then the hacking technology in Escape Plan Two, and actually, I, plot wise, I couldn't remember. My notes weren't clear because I was like, Do- doesn't Ray and doesn't Hush, the Fifty Cent's character, don't they have the magic satellite technology that can hack into like? nuclear arsenals and things at the end of escape plan 2 don't they have that can't they use that to hack into any place in the world and this movie starts with ray having to like physically break into an office to steal a disc (laughs) it's like hush you have you ended the last movie with the the keys to the kingdom i think you're right (laughs) and also in that movie he hacks into everything very easily he he, hacks into a million things and it's just like no problem in this movie, it's everything's so low tech. In this movie, compared to Escape Plan Two, Ray's got to take it's, a disc out of a guy's pocket. You're right, and then it's used as a tracking device to boot. Uh, well, no, I think that's a different thing because there's the disc they steal from the Zhang office. Yeah, but then also Bao uh, Les Junior slips the USB. Yeah, well, into that, Bao's was, pocket. that was the that was the disc I was talking about. I hear you. They first had to get the disc that Breslin breaks in. Yeah, to, that's, to that's steal. the disc I was talking about. Where they steal it. And I don't even remember what they learned from that. It's just like, oh, they're bad. Uh, no, what it was is Ray wanted to see if there was anything that connected that Lester Senior connecting Zhang to him. Okay. So Ray was trying to cover his tracks was basically to see if there was anything on there that compromised him is the reason he was trying to get it. Okay, fair enough. And Chen was, I just, was I, he I had a personal it, vendetta against them because they fired him because yeah. he was in love with uh, Zhang's daughter. I just find it funny that you're right in this, this world that there's Hush can hack anything and that why do physical discs even exist? Yeah. It seems like all of this, it's up in the cloud. You should just be able to go get it. <laughs> what cloud? I guess that's why. Stallone's <laughs> characters don't understand the cloud. They don't understand the cloud. Yeah. And this and this movie, Hush is relegated to flying a drone. Right. <laughs> he could hack anything in the last movie. And now he's just like, I'll be back in Atlanta. Flying, or no, he's in Los Angeles now. Because they've moved yet again. <laughs> Atlanta the last time is because it was cheaper to film there. Yeah. Because it turned out the prison was there. We learned... Remember, it was under it was underground in Atlanta. It was right underneath their noses. They've, I, they've moved. I was they've just in Atlanta office. on spring break. I guess I should have been looking for the prison. Should have been. You should have tried to hack into local networks to to find uh, um, Hades. Was the name of the that, prison. Uh, We've gone from what was the what was it called in the first movie? I have it in my notes somewhere. Uh, um, it's been so long. Oh, it was the tomb. You're right. The tomb in the first movie, and then it was Hades, and now it's Devil's Station. Colorful names. Wolf Den Tutu. What is it in Rambo? Oh. Colorful prison names. Wolf Den Tutu. Dragonfly? I, dragonfly. That's right. That's just Dragonfly. Yeah, so the, the Zhang Industries loves their colorful That was Rambo names. 2, though. That was Rambo 2, yeah. Yeah, it was Rambo All right. So I didn't have anything else. Very, very good. Very yeah. good in and, pointing those out. And goes without saying the algorithms. Of course. It's oh, going to get you. Endless algorithms, yes. Exactly. <laughs> It's right. gonna get you. Let's move on a little details. That cardboard headstone tipped over. The, this graveyard is obviously phony. All right, the little details segment of the show where we discuss minutia that we found entertaining or interesting in the movie. You want to start us off, or you want me to? I'll start at the start, which is something I've commented on in the past. But this movie is egregious. Eight production logos at the start of this movie. Eight. 
I want to talk about one of them. Oh, yeah? Okay. So I did notice that there were a lot. I think last but not least, did you see... Oh, yes. Movie Pass. Movie Pass Films. And this was not on Escape Plan 2. I did. I went back, because they're both free on Amazon Prime, yeah. so I, I looked at the... Worth every penny. I looked at which ones were on which, so the only new ones were Diamond Film Productions and Movie Pass Films. Yes. Ah, uh, Movie Pass. Money well spent by Movie Pass. <laughs> They burn through money in so many different ways, including this. I think they should just blame their their financial problems on this. I saw something that they're coming back. Like movies are reopening. We're coming. We're coming back. No, like, it was it was a joke. Oh, was it? It, it was it was a hoax. It was like an early April. It was like March, late March. They were doing it was an early that April makes Fool's sense. joke. Okay, yeah. No movie passes. Well, Determined I, I was or not, fooled. that cat must be long dead. <laughs> that was my reaction. Like, that's, I, I guess I should have known better, but that was my reaction. I was like, really? They're going to try that again? No. I, when I saw MoviePass, I'm like, oh, man. You you, you were burning through cash right. on your primary business bottle, and as a secondary, you decided, let's go finance a, a movie that's franchise. N- a movie that's not being released in the U.S. in theaters. So how, does that, how is that synergy? I was just going to say, <laughs> what? <laughs> that Venn diagram are just two circles yeah, that in no thing, way, shape, or form are connected in any way. It'd be one thing if it's like, okay, we're losing money on our movie pass plan, but at least that money's going to come back to us from the film that we made, right? It'll come right back into our pockets, but no, it won't. <laughs> There's no movie pass in the United Arab Emirates. I, would, I mean, maybe there is. I don't know, but I don't think so. No, they had enough problems here in the States. <laughs> yes. They couldn't go international. All right, so... This is probably going to take up most of my little details and pr- maybe even some of my devil's advocate, but definitely some of my little details. Mansfield, Ohio. Let me just say that the opening to this movie, I had, what, what is my line? Already? The opening feels like it is a commercial from the Globex Corporation trying to convince <laughs> you to move to Mansfield, Ohio. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? It opens first, we know, with like a mural of Mansfield, Ohio, and then just like people having a good time. I also can say, by the way, I don't know about you, I have been to Mansfield, Ohio. Have you been? I've never been to Mansfield, Ohio. Why were you in Mansfield, Ohio? Uh, so the re- the actual reason I went, not surprising, uh, is the filming location for the majority of this movie. Yes. So we were uh, driving, uh, you know, on a, on a family trip. I I don't remember if we were headed back from Pennsylvania or somewhere else, but it wasn't that much of a detour. I'm like, I, you know, let's I. I I like the Shawshank Redemption. Let's go, right? And actually, yeah. I can say the Olsen family has sponsored a brick at that prison. So we actually have a memorial brick somewhere on the grounds oh. uh, to let you know that we were... Because I've done that in a bunch of places we've been. Uh, actually, this past vacation, I'm going to do one. Uh, we can talk about it later. Um, and so when I saw this, I'm like, uh, a whole bunch of things. Like, <laughs> I have been to Mansfield, Ohio. No. It's a prison no. town, right? I mean, I mean it's, it's not a prison town, but I mean, you know, it's a it's an old kind of Rust Belt, you know, industrial town. Some of that is it, true. It that was opening. a prison town at one point. Maybe yeah, I, well, it it was it actually was not a prison. It was a it was a um, it was a reformatory. Okay, and you know, so and there's been a, look, there have been a lot of movies that that have filmed there. And what's funny is that if you had not, if that had not been in the opening sequence. Within probably like five seconds at Devil Station, I'd say, I, I know what that is. I've, I've literally, I've walked down that spiral staircase. I know where this is, without a doubt. Yeah, they do a pretty good job disguising it because I, I, I mean, once they said Mansfield, Ohio, I was, oh, I bet they filmed that prison. Yeah. And then, 
I, when I was watching the movie, I'm going like, is that? Like, I, they disguised it just enough where I was like, okay, it doesn't quite look like oh, Shawshank. I, but I don't, I don't think it's disguised. It's just fallen that much into disrepair since Shawshank was oh, filmed. Really? Okay. Yeah. I guess that's no. Right. The way it looks today is uh, like in that movie. That's exactly what it, what it looked like like three years before when we were there on that vacation. I mean, it's just you could have been there while they were filming for all you know. Uh, no, because I, I don't. It wasn't. Well, it was released in 2019. I, you know, there were some cardboard stand-ups, you know, of all the movies. I wonder now if, in hindsight, if, like, Escape Plan might have had just, like, filmed there, and I'm just like, eh, whatever that is. <laughs> right. Uh, no, because we would have seen the first Escape Plan, so I would have... Either way, uh, w- when I saw that, I- I'm like, come on, this this is... It, w- was this, like, in the filming? Did they get a discount on the I, filming site to, that's, to that's, do a promotional video? That's literally what I was going to speculate. It's just like... Hey, or if we let you film here, we'll give you know we'll give you a permit to film here. But you need to here are our you, terms. You can do it cheap. You just need to have a promotional video in the first fifteen seconds of the movie. Well, it also it just kind of felt like you know this is a Chinese America co production, and it kind of just felt like right off the bat they're pandering to both demographics of just like. Middle America, it's so wonderful. Life is so great here, but also China's here to bring jobs and to be the savior of Middle America. So it was, they found a way to like pander to both at the same time. So I, the, my, I'm going to go on to my next one, just and, and then you can fire off. But my, my next little detail is Daya's like when she's going through. All I could think of is that she was like Ray Stance going through the firehouse. She loves. Everything about these dilapidated buildings from Westinghouse. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I just can imagine. Wow, this place is great. Yeah. When can we move in? You got to try this pole. And then what's funny, though, is that her bodyguard was exactly like Spangler. No, I do not think your dad is going to like this one bit. You're right. It is very similar because the play is just a dingy warehouse. She's yes. so excited about it. Both buildings. She lit, She's like, right. Ready to move in. I mean, where can I sign the lease? Yeah, what's so special about this place and this particular location? She just, you know, what is it? Is it a Simpsons episode? What am I thinking of? Where it's like maybe we should look inside before buying, or was it Rocky Two? I forget what it is. Where it's like maybe we should look inside before we buy this house. Did they buy the house in Rocky Two without looking inside? Or what am I thinking of? I think you're thinking of our discussion about Rocky Two. <laughs> maybe he does. He just like. They, they, I think maybe they go inside, but they don't see oh, they any don't, of the house. Yeah, they don't look upstairs. They yeah. don't look upstairs. He just signs a contract. It was Rocky, too, yeah. Well, our conversation is like, this is how bad Rocky is with money. He literally just buys a house because yeah. it looked good from the outside, and they set foot in it. Well, it's funny. Daya calls her dad, and he's like, absolutely not. We're not buying this place. And then she still she turns around and is like, we're coming here. <laughs> like she did, She just totally went against her dad's wishes she's so convinced so yeah right. i guess she's sold yeah so race stance is immediately what i thought of. so sorry i uh, I, I dominated there no, what, that's what's fine. your next little Cause, detail because we're coming up on next is the kidnapping and that was my next note no, all right so so two two scenes back more or less back to back and i just found it funny how in both cases you've got bow and you've got shen and in both cases they just attack before they even are are sure there's trouble. I mean, in both cases, they turn out to be correct. But you know, Bao notices at the at the hangar. There's oh, 
people in combat boots and like guys who are kind of looking shifty. And before anyone attacks, Bowser starts punching dudes. He's See, a, he's I, the instigator. I, he is the instigator. But I assumed that he saw like an ankle holster or something. Is what I assumed. But you don't really see anything. Oh, and he's right. I mean, he's yeah. correct that these are bad guys. And but it's just funny to me how he, he just starts wailing he on just guys, starts punching dudes. It's just <laughs> if you were standing there, it's like, hey, what are you doing? Hey, like, these are just mechanics, right? I just find it very funny. And then it happens in the next scene with Shen because he goes into that office and he's just like, hello, I'm here. I'm Mr. Friend. I'm here. For, I have a surprise for so-and-so. And then... Surprise. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a funny moment. Surprise. What name can I give? Friend. Friend. I've got a Mr. Friendo. Friend. <laughs> of course, I thought of that also. <laughs> no, but he's like, please wait here and, you know, we'll be with you. And then, like, goons come out one by one. I had goons. And, but and then the last one to come out is a woman... You know, obviously the goons are like these big, huge dudes, but the woman, you know, she, unclear if she's security or not. I think oh, she no. is. She's security. I, I took her as security. I, I think so, too. But once again, Shen just attacks, and the first thing he does is throw that woman through a table. It's like, boy, I, you're, you're correct. I mean, I'm sure you're right that she was trouble and that you needed to deal with her. But hey, <laughs> can I? first thing we see this hero do, he's our, you know, again, he's like our main character. You just gotta throw this woman through a table. Beating on people in an office. Can I ask? I'm gonna move up one of my devil's advocate questions now. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you? Did anybody work in that office, or was it just goons? It seemed like just goons. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, what I think the receptionist I was not a goon, uh, but I think she was just a front. Sure. I, I honestly, I think there was no legitimate office workers in that building. I think it was just goons in there, 100. Yeah, it seemed like it. Okay. I don't think we see anyone at a desk or anything. Oh, other than the receptionist, but she's just you know. All right, so I'm going to go back actually in in the hangar. I I do agree with you that I like. He's not Jim Kavitzel uh, of the of all of the villains. He he easily is the one who steals the show in the in the first escape plan. But yeah. Devin Devin Sawa I think does do a good job. But I he's undermined a little bit because in this first scene. All I can think of it, it's throughout the movie. He has a baby Bjorn, basically, for his pistol. Does he? I didn't know. Yeah, because he's, he's basically got it. It's like, right, I don't know if you know. I mean, you didn't have kids. But a baby Bjorn is, you know, basically like a backpack. Yeah, well, I'm familiar. He's literally, he's got it, like, right here. And he takes it in and out multiple times. I'm like, how am I supposed to take him seriously? He's got a baby Bjorn <laughs> for his handgun. It's just like a front holster. But, yeah, I, I didn't it's notice. It's ridiculous. Is it just, like, right in the center? Yes, of the it's dead center the okay. whole movie. I didn't notice. How that. am I supposed to take a villain seriously that has a wearing a baby Bjorn? It didn't bother me. Right. I, I, I just don't know. It's okay, he's got a holster on the front of his uh, flak jacket or whatever. Fair enough. Okay, I just have a note. How I, I don't remember what the music was, but I just remember I have a note saying that I liked the music that was that they used when they revealed Devin Sawa as the villain in that hangar scene. Well, I don't, rem- I don't remember that. Yeah, now I don't remember what the music the, the was. The thing I, I remember most about him is, and probably the scene that I liked the most, he was tuning up a little bit. He was like, lock him up. He's like, oh, I love that sound. Yeah. That I, I did kind of enjoy. He's, he's tuning the scenery in a very understated way. He's yeah. finding an interesting lane here. Where he's not, he's, pr- he's playing a pretty real and pretty yeah. kind of, he's downplaying a lot, but he's not boring. He's not like underplaying it too much where he's just not interested. He's, I think he's he's giving he's it got an interesting right he's he's giving it an interesting flavor but he's underplaying a lot. I thought he was really good. Agreed. All I right. do remember the only music I remember the like, score and it, it, there was good and there was bad but near the end they were overusing this this piece of music where it's just like boom 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 boom. <laughs> 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 it was a joy. 
<laughs> a keen musical reenactment. I try. Well, it's, it's the only music I remember. The, the music where they reveal the villain is better than that. That's the one piece of music I remember. All right, so this is dovetailing off of my either first or second point. We we eventually, I think, legitimately get the, a Mansfield Police Department police station, and there's a bunch of like establishing shots of, like, I don't know if it was officers that were retired or killed in the line of duty. Like, uh, how much did man did Mansfield also finance this movie? Because I, I, it's amazing how much time we spend here. I didn't notice that, but I was wondering if the actors who play police were actually local Mansfield police because they didn't feel like actors to me. They they didn't to me they felt either. Like cops who were like just you know hey. Dennis Farina. Yeah. Well, but like just like let's just hire real cops. They'll just you know it'll feel more real because yeah. they, they felt way more real than a lot of this movie where you know they're they're talking to Mr. Jang and uh, you know. Coaching him through this uh, this situation. I, I, the only thing that I I, I think the performances felt you know, real, but Mansfield's not a huge town. I'm not I'm no. not sure that you know they they've got the resources for detectives to be. No, they would call the FBI in. I, I would I, hope so. Yeah, definitely. Just like this local police department, because they're first they're interviewing Bao, and then Mr. Zhang shows up and like gets into a him? fight, yes. yeah, and then like get him out of here, like local cops dealing with like billionaire, like a Chinese billionaire yes. and his like uh, one of the richest ten people in the world, right? And they're just, they're, they're they're stuck like dealing with this like, borderline like international incident. <laughs> All right, what else you got? Just a very brief moment. And I'm just gonna. I, I'm gonna have to bleep a lot apparently in this episode, but I'm just gonna say it because I just found. I don't know what it was about her delivery, but a Jane, lot of verbal morality statute yes. violations. No, but, but I mean, full on bleeping because um, Abigail, when she's getting kidnapped and they're carrying her out, and I don't know what it was about Jamie King's delivery, but she, she just goes like, "F you." <laughs> Something about it's just the she's been kidnapped by like, horrible guys. I remember that too. I like it that no, I'm not gonna there's no damsel in distress. I'm just it's just it's just funny how she blurts that out like I like almost nonchalantly. She's yes. been kidnapped. You're right. It made just I laughed out loud. It was I just found it very funny. <laughs> I'm laughing now because I distinctly remember well that's an interesting way to go. Yeah. Just as a reaction. Like not even scared. She's more angry than scared. Yes. All right, so I, I, th this is one of those that I, it's like somebody had to review the script and just play a little logic through this. So at some point, I think it comes from Batista Trent. He says, Devil Station, it's 200,000 square feet. Can I, can I just give you a little perspective? The average Costco, 150,000 square feet. Sure. How can it be that daunting and impossible and a maze to find these people? It's literally a building that's just a straight line, and you've just established it's the size of a Costco. Yeah, but if the if if a Costco no. is full of like nooks and crannies and stuff, there's no nooks and crannies. It literally is a building that is a straight line. Well, you're probably using knowledge that you know about the actual layout of prison. I no, assume the shot when they show they yeah, establish it from the outside. It is just a long building. Well, you only see one. I, I assumed there was more to the prison than what we were saying. E even if there was more, I'm they really telling only you, show the one yard. It's you, a big, long stretch of. Have of, you been in a Costco? Sure. It's not that hard to find your way around. Well, because it's not laid out like a prison. It's not. It's not that big. That's my point. Oh, you're right. They needed to establish that it should have been much bigger than the size of a Costco. That's a huge problem. Okay, but I, I took it that the maze part is the more daunting part than the size. But that's the problem. 
problem? There's no maze. Well, there's no maze in a Costco. We're not talking about a Costco. Are you no, talking, I'm talking, talking about, about this prison. Look no. at the establishing shot. It's not a maze. Yeah, but the interiors could have all kinds of like corridors. We see parts when there's gunfights later when they're breaking in and and Ray is uh, you know trying flashlights in people's eyes and then jamming a rod through their skull. But you know the, those sorts of areas. There's like weird little corners and things. He's got a disco disco light going yeah. too. Well, yeah, he turned it on like emergency mode or whatever, like SOS mode. I, no, I, I, have, I have a flashlight that does do that. It's yeah. strobes, so whatever. All right. Sorry, I had a major problem with that. That is just, that's lazy. That That is lazy writing in my view. I mean, you know. 200,000 square feet sounds like a lot if you don't know anything about square footage. But the minute that you put any real perspective and math on it, it's not that big of a building. I didn't, I didn't assume that he was saying that. To say, oh, it's so enormous. No, that's just, exactly what he's saying. Okay, maybe. He's I saying he it just like it's daunting, it a, like, man, we've got a, lot, we've got a ton of ground to cover to try and figure out where they're at. It's 200,000 square feet. That's not going to take you that long. Well, when you consider, okay, how big is a cell? It's like three feet by two feet. You divide 200,000 square feet by a six-foot cell. How many cells is that? It's no, a lot of cells. because they already have infrared. They've seen where all the bodies are. That's true. They, they have seen all the bodies. The one thing that Hush, Hush contributed was his With infrared his drone. drone. You're right. That's that's a very good point. All right. What do you got next? Uh, what do I have next? I got about three more. So if you've got more, please fire away. This is the wrong section. This is more of a question. So I'll skip I, that. Oh, well, that's all right. Um, no, I'll come back to it. Uh, there's a weird moment where, like, so Junior is talking to Abigail, and he's just like, you know, you guys killed my father, and she's like, I didn't have anything to do with that. He's like, Yeah, but you were there, and then. Out of nowhere, there's just like a random flashback to her and Ray, like this weird like romantic flashback of them like, I don't know, walking through a park or something. I forget exactly what it was. It was okay, the most yes, coming back. It was the most like random thing, like so inappropriately placed. Like, why are we getting this I I, I guess to remind us that Ray and her are an item or whatever, but they're talking about killing Lester Senior. And suddenly we get this flashback. I just is that where it, it is in the movie? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. All right, I guess I I guess I missed that. I thought it was very strange. It'd be one thing if he was like saying like, "Oh, I know that you you and Ray are." Yeah, but that's not what they were talking about. They were talking about interesting his his dad being killed. All right. So speaking of uh, previously Hush's drone, I love that. So the whoever whoever's now on the team because Abigail is kidnapped I don't even remember what her name is oh yeah she's like I want to be more involved and then yeah. she's there so she yeah she she's there to to read the information from the drone a weak spot in the bathroom there's a sewer system and all I can think of is it the same sewer system that Andy Dufresne made his way out and escaped from? oh that's funny because I was thinking about this plan didn't really work well in the rock so maybe this is not a great idea <laughs> the cistern yeah. room Coming up through a, a bathroom type of a place. You're right. I didn't. Th- I immediately went to because I only because yeah, I knew literally the same. It's prison. the same prison. Yeah. So I'm like, are you using Andy Dufresne's route? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, all right. What's uh, what's they, next? They do use those sewers uh, pretty frequently. Yes. Um, okay. Well, th- this isn't. This is barely a note, but I didn't. It annoyed me. This is becoming a pet peeve of mine in movies. Um, color timing because you know so many movies now are just like artificially colored you know they, they can just do whatever to the color now and once they get to that prison just everything is yellow just oh, the man. most yellow movie I'm bad I did not notice that it's, it drove me crazy it's just like you know it, it, it movies have become like black and white again weirdly where it's just like <laughs> 
you know, they'll they'll color time things so extremely that it's just like there's no color. It, if it's not yellow, it doesn't exist in this this prison. Interesting. Once they get there, everything is yellow. I miss that. I'd like to say that I'd go back and try and I'm not going back. No, to don't this go movie. back. I mean, it's free and I'm prime, but you still it's, there's no point. To it's still not worth the price that I paid. Uh, all right, so this is probably yeah the, my second to last one we've kind of already covered because I uh, my note there was just it Lester Jr. really seems to escalate things pretty quickly he in sure terms does. of uh, it seems to be once once they set off the 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 fireworks outside he really escalates things but 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 my last did you happen to notice this I I don't know why I did they they take I I don't remember the character's name but he he's supposed to be the one that has the you know access level to be able to get the information from Zhang Innovations. Right. They put him in this room. Did you notice there were there were just toilet bowls and like plumbing I parts everywhere. I did notice that, yeah. <laughs> I was very confused by that and it kind of storage room or something. It kind of made me think, well is this the reason why there's a weak spot in the bathroom. Is it because they've taken everything out of Maybe. the bathroom? Yeah, that's the funny thing. Like, we we know that Junior is running this place as a black site prison, but it does not seem like a functional prison. It seems like the whole place has been gutted. So, I mean, maybe that's the point is it's just such a horrible it's, place. It's, it's low, but it's also, he's got a budget, right? Because he's trying to undercut right. and he's trying to be the low cost provider. So, you know, he can't, he can't afford the niceties. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, all right. What else you got? I got a few more. Are you all done? Because right. uh, that's all I got. Fire off with what you've got. Don't, all right. Don't. Did you notice? Bow's weird, like fold-out gun. He's got a. They're yeah. they're about to charge. I, I yes. What was the deal with that gun? Like it seemed like I, it wouldn't function. Gun shouldn't fold. How can a bullet pass through the barrel of that gun if the thing folds? You're saying it shouldn't work like an umbrella? No, it shouldn't work like or you know or like a, a collapsible suitcase or something. I don't know what what is, it, it, it. I don't. They they never use it, so no, we don't know if it would have worked or not. Because they immediately get blown up and captured. That would have worked if you hadn't stopped me. <laughs> anyway, I just thought it was a very strange detail, like unnecessary detail, because it never gets used. What is this? Like they make a point to it's show. It's just him. there to frustrate you. I guess so. I just didn't want to understand if that was like a real thing that I just didn't understand what I was seeing. Uh, okay, I want to highlights uh, uh junior's very uh like his is very like, surprisingly sweet and like kind-hearted henchman oh <laughs> you know that guy yeah he's, that he's a, or, like what a sweet guy like i mean ultimately he's the one who suggests like just killed abigail so he's a bad guy but i just thought it was really interesting the way like the choices that actor was making the, the relationship there and, and it doesn't end well for him either for being a sweet no. guy <laughs> lucky ray really does him in well because they get that guy who's, who's supposed to like get access to jang stuff you know like you were saying and he's like can you get into it and the, the henchman standing behind uh, junior he's like don't say can't those are your those, those are your last, last words and he goes I'll go get you a laptop. He's like, what a what a nice guy. What a sweetie. And then, yeah, at the end, he has a, a quote-unquote fight with Ray, Stallone, in the sewers. It's not a fight at all. Ray is just hiding in the shadows, leaps out, and just sticks him with a knife in the gut like eight times. It's not even a fight. This poor guy, like, he's it's just like, being murdered. It's like, it's like Michael Myers just jumped out. It really is. 
I, I felt bad for this guy because I was like very sympathetic. I mean, he is the one who says, "Just kill Abigail." What's the point of this? Like, we want this money. Just, well, he's, he's, he's kind of like the voice of reason. Dude, he's trying to tell him, like, "Hey, man, this revenge. We need. We we need it. The best revenge is living well." Is what I think the advice <laughs> yes. he's trying to give him. He should have said that. Yeah, but and just and just the actor is just. His the performance is giving is just so gentle. Yes. I was just very. He's like, like a gentle giant because he's a yeah. big dude. He's a he's a big dude. But but you're you're right. He gets the Michael Myers because it's immediately Ray just starts stabbing he's zero offense and he's just immediately being stabbed to death <laughs> by Ray, who is this like violent psycho this, at this point. I mean, this is after Abigail's been killed, and technically, Ray, I don't think Ray knows it, but this guy is the one who suggested that they just do that. So. Kind of justified, but the guy is just so sweet. I don't know. Uh, and then last, I'm just, I'll finish with this. I really, again, talking about the music, I really liked the song at the end in the end credits. Ooh, I, I missed it. Oh, what? I, I, it was like, um, I don't know if I can sing it. Ah, you know, right? But it's like, and then uh, this part goes, that was a really good song. A a Stallone movie that has a good song in the credits. That is an accomplishment for this movie because that does not happen very often. I I really like the song to the point where I'm probably going to look it up and possibly uh, see see who sings it and see if I want to buy some some music from it. A silver lining. Good good to know. All right. So, yeah, ending with a positive thing. Awesome. All right. Moving on to questions. Yes. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. All right, The Devil's Advocate, the section of the show where we ask each other questions we've derived from watching the movie, and the other does their best to answer them and make their case. Yes. We're still doing that? Uh, I would love to. <laughs> okay. I, I still like it. I, I love right. the sounds. But At some uh, point, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll play it by ear each episode, I who, guess. Who's, who's going first? Let me go first, because I right. want to double back to the one that I skipped. All right, Because it's it. basically a question. So there's a point where Lester Jr. talking to Abigail... And he's talking about how oh, I run this black site prison. He's like, these people are the scum of the earth. The world is full of scum. Oh, no, he's talking to uh, Zhang's daughter. He's like, just like your father. And so my question is, how can Zhang's father be scum because he finances black site prisons when you yourself, Lester Jr., run a black site prison? How does that compute? Why would Lester think someone's scum for doing the exact thing that he's doing also? My only answer is Lester's a hypocrite. <laughs> okay. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I, honestly, I think that's... You're right. It's a valid answer. You're right. I mean, the, the, he's a, that that's the only logical answer. He hasn't thought it through that, hey, man, when you point the finger, three fingers are pointing right back <laughs> sure. at you, Lester, because you're basically doing the same thing, just in a low-budget version. I'll accept that. I'm not going to give you the button. But I, it's funny how this movie ultimately just comes down to two evil black site corporations having a tiff, <laughs> you know? And Ray just kind of gets caught in the middle of it. Yes. Uh, all right. Here's my first one. So during the, the, the kidnapping sequence, here's my question. It's, a, it's established, I think we established because the guy gets shot and killed. Uh, can you tell me, what, what was that other bodyguard doing? He's just like sitting there. He eventually pulls a gun and gets himself shot and killed. But there apparently were two bodyguards there. Oh, I didn't even notice there was a second bodyguard. Yeah, because he like goes and like he goes to pull a gun immediately and gets shot. I think by by Devin. 
Uh, so my question to you is, what is he doing? He's letting Bao do all the work. I mean, he is working. You're right. He's quick quick on the trigger well, in terms of he starts banging on guys before he's certain. But he's he's taking on like six guys, and there's another bodyguard just sitting there with a gun doing nothing. I, I think I'm going to give you an answer. And okay. that's, you know, I think Bao's mistake was reacting too fast because his partner, I didn't know that there was another bodyguard, but I'm going to say that. His partner was so distracted by like his his priority at that point was to stop Bao. Like, whoa, my partner's gone crazy. He's, I need to stop Bao from beating, beating up mechanics, beating up yeah, like this, this people at this airport hangar. So I think that's what his 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 attention was misdirected because Bao seemed like such the aggressor okay. that he was caught unawares when the real villains revealed themselves. I will accept. Okay, good. You've made a case. All right. Maybe this is this is uh, the way to avoid this button. We just have to be better about yes about answering them. But yeah. some of them are questions that are impossible to answer, no matter how That's good true. you are. Yes. Uh, so I answered that question. So okay. Well, okay. I, I think I, we have to assume that this this all happens in the same world as Escape Plan Two, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Even though it kind of does feels like it an alternate it, but- an alternate parallel sequel. So this is, this is a question. I'll, Kind of more about Escape Plan 2 than uh, Escape Plan The Extractors. Oh, man. Okay. But if you remember the way Escape Plan 2 ended with mystery man in suits being like, you know, representing the company that runs these prisons and Stallone's like, we're coming to get you. And you remember who was in that room threatening that guy? It's Ray. It's Lucky Ray. It's uh, Batista's character, uh, Trent. Trent DeRosa. Yeah. And it's Lucas. Do you remember Lucas? It's the guy from Escape Plan 2 who accomplished nothing. Uh, he was along for the ride. I, I, didn't, yeah, I wouldn't have remembered his name, but I do remember the guy who was just along for the he ride. He was just along for the ride. I think he had a beard. I'm not sure. So, <laughs> so awesome. I can buy that shoe from Escape Plan 2 is not around because he escaped with his cousin. And they're just like, I'm, I'm out of here. But Lucas was there like basically backing up Ray. Like, we're coming for you. So where's Lucas? Why isn't he helping Ray in Escape Plan the Extractors? Why isn't he breaking into that office to hunt down Anonymous Suitman? God, whenever Lucas isn't on screen, everybody should be asking, where's Lucas? That's what I'm asking. Where's Lucas? I know. I'm going to do my best. Hold on. I, I have a couple of different possible explanations, but I want to hear yours. Hold on. I got to <laughs> think what Lucas is doing. Oh, my God. All right. I think I've got. I think I know what Lucas is up to. Okay. Lucas has started a competing firm against Lucky Ray. He's he split with Ray. Okay. And he's doing what Ray used to do. So Ray has just become this like blunt blunt force object. Oh sure. Lucas is in a prison somewhere finding the weak spots. He's like in month six of an eight month stint trying to find the weak spots in a prison, and so Lucas is not available. I'll buy that. Okay, thank He doesn't you. necessarily even have to have broken off from Ray. Maybe just the, the prison break division well, yes, of, he's of Ray Breslin yeah. Enterprises. Yeah, he's running that, and he's he's on a job right now. Sure, okay. And he's uh, unreachable. I will fully buy that. Okay, yeah. thank you. This is my, my speculation. What I, your I, figured, I figured either Ray, as the, once the camera cut at the end of Escape Plan 2, Ray turned to him and said, you didn't do anything, you're fired. <laughs> You were useless. That's even better. You were completely riding coattails. You're yes, gone. That sure seemed like it. I thought, or the other explanation is he's actually here in Escape Plan 3 the whole time, just off screen, like behind the camera, <laughs> but he's so useless that he doesn't accomplish anything. That and would so be awesome we don't too. even know that he's there. All of those were good cases. Yeah, I, I, think, I, think I think that's great. All three of those explanations work. All right. So my next one has to do with the flash drive. So. 
in the hangar, flash drive gets put right in the like the. There's, it's not even a pocket, but it's like by the the breast of of his of Bao's uh, suit coat. Right. Okay. So he goes to the police department. He has no idea that that flash drive is in there because sure. he has, you know, he's interviewed. Nothing comes up of flash drive. At some point, he he for whatever reason pats his chest and feels this flash drive. So my question to you is. <laughs> If Bao had never, so if Zhang had never come there and like smacked him around, how long <laughs> might it have taken before Lucky got that flash drive? Well, I think eventually uh, I, Lester Jr. probably would have gotten uh, impatient and been like, hey, <laughs> probably would have called hey, Bao. What, what happened with right. the fla- flash drive? What are you talking about, flash drive? I think what would have happened is, well, because Bao still wants to save uh, um, Dio. Dio. Yeah. So he would have probably left there, not knowing what to do. He would have probably uh, hired his own security agency, like a competitor with maybe with, Lucas. Sure, maybe Lucas. Let's just say that's that's what happened. And so he's staying in town because he's got to hire someone to help him, you know, some some kind of security firm to help him. And so he's staying in a hotel, and he sends his suit down to get dry cleaned, and then. You know, so this is probably two or three days later, and they send it back up and say, hey, did you know there was a USB drive in your suit? It says Breslin. It says Breslin, and then he shows that to Lucas and says, no, we don't need Breslin. <laughs> and then, and then got this under control. And then probably what would happen is Lester Jr. would have kidnapped someone in Lester's office. And then, he, then, But then he would have gotten confused. I was like, well, you worked for Breslin, but I don't want revenge on you because you didn't work for him during the period where my father was killed. <laughs> so do I want revenge on you, Lucas, or not? I'm not sure. And it would have caused all kinds of confusion. <laughs> oh, you made a great case. Thank you for entertaining me. <laughs> I, I accept. U- ultimately, he would have just gotten bored and looked and Googled Ray Breslin's office and kidnapped Abigail that way. Oh, I didn't need to go through this, all this trouble. All I had to do was go find one of my dad's old business cards. <laughs> I forgot what what is even on the USB that they look at. Because there's a tracker, obviously, that's like the, the ulterior motive is, oh, I put a tracker in that USB. But what what is supposed to be? Oh, it's a video, right? He puts a, yeah, he records a video saying, Ray, I'm going to get you. That's what I okay, that's it what it was. That's not, I, I literally didn't remember. All right. Well, you, you, uh, you, made, you made the case. Thank you. So what's, what have I got to do next? Uh, let's see. Okay. This is also sort of a plot question. So before Abigail gets kidnapped, Bao takes that USB to Ray and says, oh, it's got your name on it. And also Zhang is there. Uh, not Zhang. Um, Shu is there. Not Shu. Shu is from Shen Lao. Shen. Shen Lo. Excuse me. Shen Lo. Yes. Um, Shen is there because they met breaking into Zhang office. Boy, I'm just trying to, to walk myself through it to make sure I understand. Then Bao shows up, says, I got this USB. They've watched the video. Da, da, da. And Ray decides to involve himself and say, like, oh, well, we're going to you know, save her. Why? Why does he care? Uh, did, did, did someone hire him or did he just, this is before there's any kind of personal stake. It's before Le- Lester's plan is to get revenge on Ray, but he doesn't say how he's going to do that. And Abigail hasn't been kidnapped yet. And Ray is just like fully I, on board. Well, I think the reason he's fully on board is that he, he was concerned that there was a connection between Zhang and Lester Sr., and now you got Lester Jr. running around. I think that's a problem for Ray, so that's why I think Ray is, is going to get involved even before he has the personal yeah, stake. Yeah, you're right. And Zhang's daughter has been kidnapped, so it's right. like, oh, there's some kind of connection here. Yeah, okay. so that, that, I guess I, that makes I, sense. I think, it's, I think it's a problem. Lester Jr. is a problem for Ray that has to be solved, even if 
Abigail wasn't involved, Ray's got to solve this potential connection with Zhang and Lester Jr. Okay. Because I was watching going like, oh, I'm going to get you, Ray. I'm Lester Jr. And you killed my dad. And I'm going to get you. I was like, well, you didn't do anything yet. <laughs> Why is Ray involving himself? Okay. All right. So this is a tiny one. But at some point, we see Dave Batista, uh, Trent, De, not DeRosa. DeRosa? Trent DeRosa? Trent DeRosa, yeah. We never, we never talked about his sequence where he just like blows away ten guys with his incendiary round. Somehow, well, somehow that detail never came up. Oh, well, that's on the body count, but that, that, sure, that's okay. the only place I get it. So at some point, Ray is calling him, and it just shows up as Ray. So my question is, is Ray, Lucky Ray so well-known that he it, it's just Ray, or is it that Trent knows no other Rays, so we, no last name is needed. Because, look, I've got other Kevins in my phone. Not a lot, but I've got other Kevins in my phone. Okay. I'm guessing Trent should know more than one Ray. So do you think it's that Ray is just so well-known, no last name is needed? Or does Trent just know one Ray? Doesn't know Ray stance. I think I, <laughs> that would be an interesting connection right there. <laughs> yes, uh, I think probably... Well, no, because Breslin owns a business. I was gonna say like, Breslin is so like underground that it's like I can't have no, he, I can't have his name on my phone. It would be incriminating or something. But that's not true. Everybody seems to know Ray Breslin. Yeah, I don't have an answer for this one. I, I would oh. I would say you've got no case. I have no case. Oh. No case. I I would say if it would make it would make more sense if this was Arnold's character. Because Arnold's character has been in, in the yeah. tomb for however long, 10 years, and so it's like he's probably still he building up his contacts. He might not even have a phone. Sure. Yeah, so it would, it would right. make sense that if he, he was the he only one. He would Ray. only have one. He very plausibly only knows one Ray. Yeah. If it, if it had been Arnold. Yes. Yeah, but DeRosa is like this international... Like He's everywhere. The first time we see him, he's just being handed a briefcase full of money. He's, he's clearly like finished some other job. <laughs> he's got to have a lot of contacts if he's going to you know be able to... And you got to think some of them are named Ray. I would, I would think so. Yeah, I, I, I agree. He probably would know more than one Ray. All right. All right. What's up next? I got a few more. I don't know how many you've got. Uh, I don't have a ton more. I just had a confused. I was confused about a line of dialogues. So I don't know if this has an answer. Because okay. It didn't make I'll sense. I'll do my to, best. It's when they're planning to break into the prison. Hush has flown his uh, drone over and given the layout. And I, this might be before or after. What's her name? Is just like, oh, we'll go up through the sewers. And... I forget. I forget the context. I only wrote down the line of dialogue, but I think it's like Bao and Shen have like a back and forth about like, oh, you let your you know asset or yeah, you do let her down and da da da. And then Trent says this line of dialogue. I do not understand what this means. Where he just goes, I've never seen anyone go to a fight in a sports car before. <laughs> I remember the line. I'm going to tell you. You can hit the button because <laughs> okay. I got no case because I had no idea. What does that mean? It felt like. I, I, you know, sometimes you say, oh, you know, I think a, a scene was cut or something, you know, was rewritten. I, it, that honestly felt like that there were five scenes cut because I have no idea what he was talking about. It felt about. like some kind of metaphor. We're like, what is the metaphor? What, what no, I think it was cut? supposed to be a metaphor, but it t- completely went over my head. So yeah, okay. I've got no case. No case. You got me. All right. I, maybe it was some kind of equipment that he's supposed to be holding. Like, this is the sports car. Maybe it was that fold-out gun. <laughs> He's going to a fight into a fight with the sports car of fold-out guns. You know, it's like this fancy <laughs> going to a gunfight with a knife. Going to a gunfight with a sports car. All right, this is one I definitely wanted to ask. Okay. So we are supposed to be in a prison in Belarus. 
Yeah. Can you explain to me why Lester Clark Jr. talks about a solid oak electric chair that is American as apple pie? Yes. And that he has the stats that 315 people have been executed in that chair since 1896. And I didn't look it up. But did Belarus even exist in 1896? <laughs> that was a lot of questions. Good luck. I, I don't have an answer in the context of the movie, so I'll just hit the button right now. No case. Thank you. It made me wonder, because the, the movie, you know, part of the movie is set in Mansfield, Ohio. It made you wonder if, like, they forgot, oh, crap. This <laughs> is supposed to be Belarus, not Ohio. <laughs> yeah, we're filming in the prison in Mansfield, Ohio, and we forgot it's, that. Yeah, or no, it made me think that maybe the original script was set. Like he he took over the the Mansfield prison, and like just, The Rock. Yeah, kind of, or not even necessarily to like as a terrorist, but as like secretly he's been running a black site prison. Yeah, that, out of this de- decommissioned, uh, you know, reformatory, whatever you call it. Well, since it's a tourist attraction, it would be tough okay, to run one. But sure. I hear you. He's found some 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 section of those two hundred thousand square feet that uh, no one goes. The tour doesn't go in. I don't know. No, it made me wonder. Maybe it was supposed to be in in the U.S. and then at some point. No, what what it was is that they were filming there, and probably I don't remember if there's an electric chair there, but that it, it it's yeah. as if the script forgot. Oh wait, we established this as Belarus because we needed to be somewhere remote where government isn't going to intervene. Well, especially he deliberately says it's American as apple pie. It's like. You leave that line out, maybe you can buy you got it. a chance. Yeah, American is solid oak. American is apple pie, and it, it, not even like the concept of the electric chair. He, he's talking about this specific electric chair. We want to think of just like the stats of that chair. That chair, yeah. Since eighteen ninety six, he's not like, saying the concept. I of, didn't look it up, but I don't know if Belarus existed in eighteen ninety six. Yeah, I don't know if it did or didn't, but um, yeah, he's not saying the concept of electric chairs is no. American. He's saying this chair is as American as apple pie. Unless they shipped it over to Belarus Correct. after it was decommissioned. I don't know. That's I've, the only o- I've only got one more after that, so what uh, What have you got? Uh, I've got two more. One, right. one is just, I think I missed something. All right, let's, so let's hear it. Maybe you can help me here. Because at the very end, Daya gets out of the private plane she's been brought back in, and she has kind of a confrontation with her father. And, yeah. And um, Shen is with her, and he holds up a cell phone. And just kind of shows it to everybody. Oh, crap. I don't know. <laughs> and the, the cell phone doesn't even have anything on the screen. He's just saying, he's just showing everyone, like, I have this cell, cell phone. And Jenga's like, oh, geez. He reacts like, uh-oh. And they walk off. Did I miss something? Is there something incriminating? Is is she going to expose her father's dirty deeds? <sighs> it I, definitely I, had to have been a scene. I mean, look, since his is a technology company, it's the biggest cell phone company in china there clearly sh- could be some connection but it's clearly a scene that's not in there because there's okay. nothing that establishes that sh- you know there's something known that you know like oh we're monitoring you know and aggregating everybody's data from their phone no- nothing is ever established right to say hey we know something about your technology and your phones well cool. lester's trying to get their secrets Zhang's company's secrets in addition to the ransom of 700 million dollars i which was 500 million and went up to 700 million like when was it ever established at <laughs> right. 500 yeah sometimes he's like screen. bidding against himself <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it's true was that the first call it was it was 500 million it was 500 now it's seven well wait a minute this is the first call i i would have been on the phone well, wait wait did, did we did we get a call some today did somebody right. miss a call 
Do we I, get a letter for five hundred million? Because the number just went up. I didn't even know there was a number. I didn't even think about the fact that was their first call. And he's it on. was. Yeah, he's bidding against himself. That's funny. Okay, I, I because I wasn't sure because there's that guy who like you know Lester's like you get me the secrets of the company and then he instead of doing that he creates a, a emoji of the middle finger rotating emoji <laughs> which I actually thought was very funny I did too um, that's true hacking that's not like Legion in Escape Plan Two or we can we can hack into anything. That's what a real hacker would do. Is yeah, create some code. <laughs> an emoji with a middle finger emoji. <laughs> Rotating yeah. around, too. Yeah, three-dimensional. He had to animate that. That took some time. Uh, um, so I can't, I can't answer, because my answer is, I think scenes have to be missing. Yeah, I think so, too. No case. You got me. All right, It'd be one thing if that guy had actually gotten the secrets, but then Lester died, and so it's like, well, now... Now Shen, I'm Shen's got, got the secrets, and you better watch out. No, but it was, as you said, just an animated middle finger. Yeah. Maybe that's all that was on that phone. <laughs> it was a bluff. <laughs> all right. I think you already tried to answer my last one, but I'm going to ask anyway, uh, just to, I guess, get it officially on the record. Can you tell me what in the hell Shen Lo is burning to make that fire that burns hot enough to melt pretty thick plastic in, in zip-tie handcuffs. Yeah, I feel like that it would take a much longer time than that, because I think it's supposed to be paint chips. Okay, so you think paint... I, I buy that. You said that earlier, but I wanted to get it right, because you think it's paint chips. I'll, I'll buy it. Because I can tell you, having, the wall. In, in, having been in that prison, there definitely is old paint peeling off the walls, without a doubt. So yeah. I'll, I'll buy that. Now, but whether would, or not it would burn that long and that hot, yeah. I'm not sure I'm buying that. Would six paint chips lit by a like a cattle a prod... taser! Yeah, would, would that burn hot enough to melt plastic I don't I, think I, so I don't think so either alright what's your last one okay last one Ray at the end of the movie he's exhausted he's brutally murdered Les and thrown him <laughs> off of a balcony he got it much worse than his dad yeah. in my view yeah <laughs> he sure did well, Les Jr. even says like, it would have been better if he just you know sat him down and gave him a good talking to him then shot him in the head <laughs> it's like well this is kind of what you got Les you got it easy it's true um, but Ray's like, I'm done with prisons. I don't want to. He's just he obviously he's been through it in this movie much more so than the first two. He's like, I'm done with prisons. No more prisons. And my first thought is, what about Hush? What about Fifty Cent? Is he out of a job? <laughs> Are you shutting down the company? Is Ray putting Hush out of a job? <sighs> All right. Um. So I think that. Ray is quitting the prison game, but what I think is that Hush isn't going to be out of a job. It's an opportunity. Ah. Hush gets to take over the company. Makes sense. Sure. That's what I think, especially if they've got Lucas that they've got to be competing with because we think that maybe there's a competing security firm. Yeah, this is canon now. We've decided. <laughs> I mean, it's better. It's just as good as anything that they made up in the second one. So, sure. so I think since there's a competing firm... That uh, that Hush has just taken over the company. Especially, I mean, look, he's been diminished to drone driver yeah, at this I was about point. To say, so, he's just I mean, got he a needs desk a promotion. Job. He's just got a desk job now, anyway. Yes, for he, both of his last two. I mean, the first one also more or less, but at least he got on the field to kill Lester right. Senior. He got out of the office a little bit. Yeah. So I, I feel like I feel like he needs a promotion, and I think that this is. Ray's way of promoting him. He's, t- he's turning the company over to Hush. I hope he remembers to tell Hush because, the, hey, you're in charge now because they were already heading out to South America by the end of this movie. It's true. So Hush might just be sitting. It's like the end of Airplane. I'm going to give him another 10 minutes. <laughs> right. Hush is just sitting there. Wait, forget this, man. I'm going to hang around here for another 10 minutes. And I'm out of here. He's still flying the drone in circles like, all the heat signatures are gone. Are you guys okay? Anyone want to fill me in on what happened? 
Ray was too busy murdering people to, to remember to update his his business associates about what's going on. True enough. All right, you ready for the Silk Cozart Corner? Yes, I am. Both of y'all. Yes, The Silk Cozart Internet Research Corner, where I take a deep dive into some piece of internet trivia that I was curious about, uh, which is named after Silk Cozart, the actor from Eraser. So this is the part where you guess whether or not he did it. I think you tipped your hand. I'm going to say yes. I did tip my hand, sort, but also I didn't really do. <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I, so the answer is actually no, but I'm going to give you a pass on this one and say you're not entirely wrong because what I'm going to do, I think every once in a while I'm going to do this or I'm just going to have, if, if you're interested, do your own Silk Coast art. I've done this once before and I'm going to do it again. I, I'm not going to go through all this, this whole article, but there is an article on Vulture that I mentioned. Don't pout. Don't sob. Just do it. <laughs> best job. How dare you? <laughs> This is one-eighth of an ass at most. <laughs> it's the American way. That's right. All right, let's, let's hear the article. So there's an article I encourage everyone to look up. It's, I read most of it, I didn't, but, I didn't, <laughs> but I didn't take the time to go through and pick out you know, portions that pare it down for this segment to be able to go over it. But it's, it's the, the title of this article on Vulture.com is King of the Geezer Teasers. <laughs> So if you, which I thought was a pretty funny, like term of of action movie with a really old action star that's yeah. barely in the movie, so it's they're teasing like you yeah, know, that's good. So um, and it's about a guy named Randall L. Emmett. And I'm going to read two paragraphs from this article. So it's Killing Gunther referenced. That's not no. I don't believe Killing Gunther is one of these geezer teasers. It should be because it certainly fit the mold. It's yeah, but it's it. So this guy Randall Emmett. He produces movies like this, where he gets a big star, they're in a movie for five minutes or ten minutes or whatever, and the rest is just, you know, bargain basement, spending as little as possible. They're spending half your budget to get this one guy in for, for a couple of days. And so Escape Plan 2 and 3 was produced by this guy, Randall Emmett, and also a movie that we will be covering probably pretty soon, since we don't have a lot of episodes left. Backtrace is also one of these movies, where apparently... Stallone's not in it a significant amount because it's one of these, quote, geezer teasers where <laughs> you put his face on the poster and on the box or whatever. And, again, not going to read this whole article. It's worth looking up on Vulture.com. One detail that I saw in this article is this guy is who the character Turtle from Entourage is based on. Really? This guy was once a part of Mark Wahlberg's entourage, and he was just a guy who was a hanger-on, and now he's a producer who produces these movies. Oh. So here's... I I isolated two paragraphs that I just want to read. Emmett, who is 50, has directed just one... uh, They talked about a film he's directed. Directed one other film, which has yet to be released. But as a producer, his credits include more than 110 movies, which have grossed in excess of $1.2 billion dollars most of them bad enough to require a category all their own. <laughs> Among these, a few are impressively dreadful, like Neil LeBoot's 2006 remake of The Wicker Man. I love that movie, by the way. It's so bad. Starring Nicolas Cage. Cage, yep. yes. Others are, more, others are the forgettable detritus of a bygone era, like the 2007 thriller 88 Minutes, which marked a low point for both Al Pacino's acting career and the use of cell phones as a plot device. <laughs> Most, however, are cheap paint-by-numbers action flicks such as Survive the Night with Bruce Willis, Mercenary for Justice starring Steven Seagal. Mercenary for Justice sounds like a Steven Seagal movie. It's funny. If you, 
if you gave me if it the was name. like a multiple choice and you had to connect the dots between here's the action star and the uh, Steven Seagal, like eight of his movies have the word justice in them. <laughs> there's Out for Justice, there's Urban Justice, there's Mercenary for Justice, apparently, um, and Backtrace, which brought Sylvester Stallone and Matthew Modine, Modine together for one of cinema's more improbable partnerships. Nuts and gum together at last. <laughs> That's exactly right. I'm looking forward to seeing what that movie is. Uh, and then later in the article, I just want to highlight this. Uh, paragraph for a couple or for multiple reasons even Emmett's own partners Dubai based Oasis Ventures Entertainment the O in EFO Films have accused him in a lawsuit of attempting to quote steal assets including the rights to films like Escape Plan 3 alleging that he failed to consult them on dealings related to Mo- Movie Pass Films a co-venture with the now bankrupt subscription based ticketing service <laughs> that produced a handful of films including Gotti a biopic starring John Travolta that is one of only a few movies to ever hold an approval rating of 0% on the website Rotten Tomatoes there's all kinds of details about like how questionable some of the finances is. This is what I was hinting at earlier, and you know we already talked about what a minefield the the entire like Chinese film industry is when it comes to movie financing, and you know because there is a certain amount of state financed, you know because it's still you know relatively communist, and so a lot of these companies just use films as an opportunity to siphon money out it's of the Chinese laundering. government. Yeah, yes. so. It's a fascinating article. I did not read the whole thing. It's literally just from like two weeks ago. So. Oh, okay. I'll, I actually will check that out. Thank it's you. It's really uh, interesting. It's it's worth finding just for the artwork, which I will. I don't know if you can see from from here on on my uh, on my surface here. <laughs> it's a goal. It's a really good piece of artwork of of all of the actors who appear in these geezer teasers. Yes, it's a goal in particular. Not very flattering. This, I mean, also accurate, but not very flattering. Outstanding drawing of Steven Seagal. Outstanding. All uh, right. So that's that's sort of sort of silk. I'm pointing you toward the direction of some research you can do on your own. Fair, okay. fair enough. All right. You ready for the body count? Yep. Why we're here? Okay. This movie we only killed 48 people compared to the last one where we killed 119. You're gonna have to help me here because obviously you have got bodies that I don't. All right. Well, I'm happy to, but in the end, we're really just on Stallone, and I think that's. Fairly straightforward, but but I'm happy to. I'm happy to go through them all. You That's ready? That's true. Yeah, we're not. I mean, the the total number is not as important as the Stallone. It's number. not. I I do like that. Still doing it though, because we. That's. A, I mean, when we first started out, we would do that. Yeah. Total in the Arnold movie, so I actually still like to do it. But. If you remember, I didn't get a total number for Capone. I was too lazy to do that. So. <laughs> That's so at so some <laughs> point, I'll have to loop back. But I agree, we should we should do it. All right, so I'll, I'll go through. Here's what I've got on mine. I've got in the, the hangar sequence, i got a bodyguard, an advisor, and a pilot. Three. Uh, yep, I've got three in that sequence. None for Stallone. Correct. Uh, okay, so I I have it that the, there's there's a, the guy I have, I, I said the hall monitor. The hall monitor threw, threw the guy who was talking, talking in the hall, not supposed to be talking in the hall, so he got thrown into a wall, and he died. Yeah, my note here literally just says, dead, question mark? Not moving, but seems not that hard an impact, so I did not count No, nah, I heard some cracking. He, he, he gone. He seems like he's hurt. But he, I, not, they don't I'll, show him ever again. Yeah, okay. He, he's it's reasonable. Dead. Okay, so I'll add one. Uh, so then we've got we, the, the lineup for the phone call, and another advisor, yep. uh, a female advisor, buys it. I got that, yep. Uh, and then here's the, I, you get, this guy gets tasered first cause he, he's the one who can't, he gets tasered first. Then they shoot him. Yep. I he's got dead. Him. Yep. Uh, poor bow. He gets shot apparently for no reason. That's what I was talking about. All of a sudden, 
Lester Jr. just amps it up a level. Yeah. It's so quick and like confusingly edited. It was like, who even got shot? Was it Bao? Was it Shen? I don't know. And then <laughs> was Bao? Learned, what, was Bao? What happened? Yeah, he's gone. But he's not gone. You must have not noticed because I had him. I counted him until in the literal credit sequence. Oh, come on. You see Bao crawling away through the, in, back into the sewers. He's, he's injured and he's clutching his chest, but he, he managed to survive. They, they save it for the credit sequence because apparently the movie forgets about him and no one cares that he's dead. No one's like, hey, ba- is Bao okay? No, he died. No one cares, but he didn't die. In the credits... Well, that song's going on. I guess I, I did can, not watch far enough, so okay. I'll, I can show you. The, the, the I whole. believe you. Cross it off. Cross <laughs> him off, then. <laughs> well, Abigail clearly does not make it. No, yes. Uh, another uh, very shocking uh, and brutal. I, I thought Bao was gone, but apparently Lester is not as efficient as I thought. Only Abigail. Boy, if, <laughs> it'd be funny if the two of them were crawling out together and she also survived. Her her death is too brutal. Also, no. like the way he describes it later, it's like she just sort of gurgled. Yeah. Like, Boy, he's a bad guy. <laughs> you really dialed it up. That's what I'm saying. All of a sudden, he turned on a dime. Yeah. Well, Lucky Ray turns it on a dime because the next one I have is the 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 gentle giant. <laughs> yep. You're right. He just get Michael Myers just immediately starts getting stabbed. Yep. So that's Ray's first. Mm-hmm. So then Ray hits first with the strobe light. He gets a guy with a pistol. Yep. And then you're right. He just gets him with a giant piece of metal pull through the, yeah rebar through the head yes that was pretty gruesome so that's up to three for ray it's so much more gruesome than anything ray had ever done up to this point like you know he i think he kills guys in the first movie but it's just like you know shooting guys and maybe like punching them off a, off the boat or whatever uh, just off the boat well, jim cavillo gets it pretty bad but i think arnold does that he does he yeah. gets blown up yes all right so then we finally get trent making an appearance i got 11 that he got total uh, that seems right. Yeah, Trent he obliterates nine guys one by one of the dragon rounds. There's nine, and then one more for good measure is ten. And then all right, well, Batista then, breaks out a chokehold out of a chokehold and slams a guy into a pipe. I think so that's that may, eleven. I, I might have had one extra one on the first wave. But that's fine. We're gonna go with yours. Okay. I was counting shots, and maybe he didn't. You know, maybe there was it was inefficient shots that he didn't get. It I, wasn't count, one I counted sh- ten, body per shot. 10 with his dragon rounds, and then there's a fist fight with a guy. All right, so but, we'll you know, go 11. We, we haven't talked about the action scenes. Like I liked all the fight sequences I thought were pretty well done. This one, yeah. he fights some goon. I don't know if they, this guy was established before or not. But. He was. He was established that he was like, he was number, he was the, uh, so we had the gentle giant who was kind of like, he might have been the, the top henchman, but he was more oh, of an advisor. So. Yeah, he's a Yeah, this other guy was clearly established. He was, even though he wasn't as muscular, he was the muscle. Okay. And they, they established him of having the, the sharper edge. The bolt, cause, yeah, I, I didn't remember him, but I don't doubt it. I mean, just, yeah, well, no, because he, not, not him, I, I take that back. Trent gets his, so the two of them speak in a foreign language to each other. Because okay. Shen Lo gets, gets the other guy. That, yeah, that yeah. I'm thinking of. So okay. those, those yeah, yeah. two were like the the real street toughs. You're right. Yeah, I didn't connect that those are the same guys, but I remember two guys speaking German to each other. Yeah. I think it's German. Yeah. So all right, and then I got Shen Lo gets the other guy shortly thereafter. He he breaks all of his bones. Yeah, like, literally. That's maybe the most brutal because mostly <laughs> he's just, poor guy. mostly Shen is just kind of punching guys and knocking them out. But this guy, he's like, I'm going to fully dismantle you. I'm going to break all your bones so you can't get up again. <laughs> he breaks like every bone in his legs. 
And then just decides one arm, and then he decides it's not good enough. I'm going for the kill shot. Going to curb stomp, knee you, your head into the concrete. In front of the love of my life. Yes. It well, seems like he was incapacitated. Yeah, generally. it seems like not something that a hero would do. It's like you, you kind of. It seems like the threat had been neutralized. Yeah, you, kinda, you, kinda, you had green smoke. You're kind of safe. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, the last one for Lucky Ray, Lester Jr. in a very gruesome and brutal manner. Yes, absolutely. Um. Yeah, and then I, then I have a minus one at the end. I was like, oh, I guess Bowser's alive. You, minus one. You, you got me beat, so yes. All so right. are we adding one? The guy gets thrown into the wall. We're adding that. Yes. Is that it, though? Because oh, yeah, you had another one that DeRosa kills. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm going to go with your number on that. So I think we're just adding adding one. It is kind of tough because after the first like four or five shots of those dragon rounds, whatever they are, like there's just smoke everywhere. He's just like <laughs> firing into the smoke, and you hear guys going like, ah! No, we'll we'll go with your number on that. Okay. So so Ray picks up four. Yes, we definitely agree there. Ray picks up four. So uh, again, we're at, uh, comparing Arnold Schwarzenegger's body count to Sylvester Stallone. So after this movie, so across how many movies? I, a lot. I always, yeah, they're, they're definitely a lot. Uh, total of forty-seven movies. God, this has been such work. Sylvester Stallone, his body count has hit exactly five hundred. Which gives him an average of 10.64. 47 movies we've covered. Yeah, we've got at least nine to go. <laughs> um, so anyway, Arnold added an average body count of 14.39, total body count of 547. So Stallone has hit 500. He's got 47 to go across maybe nine movies. Man, it really one f- of those is Rambo 5. At one point, it felt like it was going to be a landslide for Stallone. It's going to be close. You know, even a movie like this, which is ostensibly an action movie, and it's, it's one of these things where it's, you expect him to kill a million guys, it, he's got four. It's, and some of it is just Commando just makes it so unfair for Arnold because it was like 100 spot or 99, yeah, 99 in one movie. Yeah. And you look at these escape plan movies, this is actually the least, even though it's the most brutal he gets, he actually is, is the least because I, I looked back, I think he killed seven, six in the original Movie Escape, Escape Plan, Plan okay. One he killed six guys. Yeah, because there's that riot. That that's what it has. Yeah, to yeah. Be. And Escape Plan Two that's that was seven. So this is the least of the three, but he is clearly <laughs> the most gruesome. Yeah, you don't think of Ray Ray as a violent man in those first two movies, even though his number is higher. No. This movie is this is All the right. most brutal. All right, it's time for time for an award. It is. Uh, why do I never move that spreadsheet to the other computer? I complain about this every episode. Here we go. Outstanding achievement Explosion! Explosion! caused an explosion. All right, the Wrecking Crew Award. The award we give to the character, inanimate object, or concept in a movie. That wrecked the most shop. We've really had to expand this as time has gone by in these 47 movies. I feel like you, there's a certain amount of derision when you when you expand because I feel like you're there directing is, some of this at me. There's sometimes, so, some of the inanimate objects I've agreed with, but you've had some really <laughs> abstract comments that I've rolled well, by. Well, you'll be at. happy to know that I'm, it's not abstract, this no. movie. And it's it, to me, it was actually pretty clear, but we'll, we'll see if we agree on this okay. one. Okay, I have Dave Batista as yeah. Trent DeRosa. I, I mean, it... W- w- it's written to be Arnold, I think, pretty clear. It was yeah. clear in Escape Plan 2, but even more this time where it's like 
he gets a big entrance. He, you know, marches into this prison without being explained how he infiltrated this prison. <laughs> he go disappears the- for a while. A bunch of stuff happens and he just he says, shows up. He says, I might be late, but I'll make a big impression or whatever he says. It's like, yeah, this is, this is a star part. It's like... You know, it it it's um, Expendables two with Chuck Norris. It's yeah. like thanks for showing up. It's that kind of a role, it basically is. And just based on the numbers too, the numbers pan out. He wrecks the most shop he, without a doubt. He so, absolutely does. Yep, I have to give it to. While I still prefer Drax, uh, got to give it to Dave Bautista and Trent in this movie. Yeah, and he, it felt like he had a little bit more character in this one at least, even though that's still not a lot of screen. Yeah, time. Not much to do, but still. So. All right, you ready for the Rocky rating? Yep. Wind this one down. You're not going to like my rating, I think. Hey, hey, what the hell are you doing? You're punching car accident victims. No, 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 you don't understand. He was bad-mouthing my films. Rocky rating, the segment of the show where we rate the movie based on Rocky opponents, from Apollo Creed to Spider Rico. Yeah, I'm going to go first. Yeah, you go first. Uh, this does not get into the depths of a Spider Rico. There's, there's enough redeeming qualities to it. That I couldn't give it that, but it's not a good movie. I can't go beyond a Tommy Gun on this thing. So it's, understand, uh, it's a, it's a Tommy Gun for me. So I, if this thing, if Mister T is in any way, shape, or form involved in this, I am going to go crazy. It's not Mister T, okay, but you're not too far off because this is a bad movie, unquestionably a bad movie. But you know what? I kind of enjoyed watching it. You know what? What's the best thing about this movie? Which is very faint praise. The credits start at a one hour and 17 minutes. It's like, this movie is just efficient. It's not wasting my time. You know, <laughs> it doesn't it's, have to be good. It just has to be punctual. <laughs> I mean, that, that, there's something to be said for get in, get out, give me a little bit of entertainment. Don't make too many demands of me, both in terms of my time and in terms of like intellectually i don't have to think about it i don't have to like you're a spinal tap fan you like your bands to be punctual i sure i like i like my movies to be simple and straightforward they're not asking me to follow a big convoluted plot about uh hackers that all look the same and rotating prisons and you know okay it's 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 it could not be more simple mason the line dixon no i'm giving it an ivan drago really yes that's uh, the only reason i'm just confused because how how is this fun I had fun watching it, man. I, right. I, 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 I think I really do think if this uh, filmmaking team had had more money and you know more time to make this movie, and if it had not been an escape plan sequel, which is part of the problem, is none of this feels like it's a follow up to escape plan one or two. But just as an action movie, as a kind of direct to video action movie, as by those standards, it is like top-tier direct-video action movie. By geezer teaser standards? Yes. No, really. I mean, it, it's... I'm not going to say I liked the movie. It's a bad movie. All right, it's that's it's bad. You've convinced me. You've convinced but me. But I'm not going to say I'll never watch it again. I, I may watch this again at some oh point. Oh, my God. Are you serious? It's got stuff that I liked. It had moments. I, I enjoyed the fights. I enjoyed Batista and I his rampage. I liked Devin that you Sawa. Would consider watching this I, again. I think Devin Sawa was an interesting villain. I thought his uh, kind-hearted henchman was interesting. That's not something you see all the time in a movie. Is this like very gentle, you know, villain? Uh, all right. There were there were things in it that I went like, you know what? I mean, and again, it's it's benefiting from the comparison to Escape Plan too. I don't deny that that's part of it. But I don't know. 
I, I enjoyed if watching If you follow it. Kenny Banya, you can look a, really good in comparison. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, I acknowledge that's part of it. Yeah. I, I enjoyed fair. it for that's what it fair. is. I, I, I'll, I'll buy your explanation. I'm sticking with my Tommy gun, but I, I can understand your explanation. Yeah, okay. I understand yours because yeah. it's bad. Yeah, fair the, enough. Mo- the movie's bad. Well, here's the good news. This one is done. Yep. But we get to move on to something good for sure. That's the good news. Yeah. So very this, excited about this one. This is this extra long season, and also, um, you know, this is this is our first episode recording since we had to take a kind of an unexpected extra long break. So this the the the, the um, season is taking even longer than anticipated. Than we wanted. This extra yeah. long season is getting extended even further, but. The next episode will mark halfway through the season, and when we get to those points, we always do a Rocky movie. In this case, it'll be a Creed movie. Yeah, very uh, going to be very refreshing and exciting. Um, it's been a while since I've seen Creed, but I, you know, I'm not as huge of a Rocky fan as you, but uh, really enjoyed it and looking forward to doing it for this podcast without a doubt. I love Creed. I I really think it's a great movie. It's it. I don't know if it's my favorite Rocky movie because that really says that would be tough to put a Creed movie at the top of the list, but it's in competition. Oh, I've been excited to talk about this movie for years since we've been doing Stallone. It's like this has been the top of my <laughs> it's list. It's been a long slog to get here. All I'm going to say, though, and this is just a fair warning to you and a fair warning to the listeners, and you know, we tend to not talk much about personal stuff in this podcast well, mostly because i just don't think it's interesting for people to listen to it's like what do people care but you know given the subject matter of creed i think the timing of us watching this movie could have been better because it deals with it's, it's going to come up because um you know and if you have never seen creed brief spoiler warning i think um, it's fair at this yeah, point it's been out a long time i think the people who listen to this podcast have probably seen creed that's fair too but i'm just giving the fair warning because you know halfway through the movie you learn that uh rocky gets a cancer diagnosis and uh you know i i'm i, I know that it's going to color my viewing of this watching it this time because uh one of the reasons why this season got delayed is because uh, a very close family member who just recently got a cancer diagnosis so yeah. it's it's gonna be a thing that it's gonna be a very different viewing this time around yeah, and i just feel like it's better to just kind of put that med- out there because you know at the end of the day it's it's i'm gonna have to talk about it because it is going to be something that's going to affect my viewing of it and if that's the kind of thing that you know is going to be uncomfortable for listeners i just want to give a fair warning yeah, because I, hopefully it won't be uncomfortable i'm not going to like make it the whole episode yeah no but it's going to come up understood and that's fair yeah well i'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, certainly will be a change of pace from a lot of the stuff we've done this season with in many ways. Uh, looking forward to it. And hopefully other people are looking forward to us doing it. And hopefully they like the show. And if they do, like us on your podcast app of choice. Uh, and tweet us at Arms Race Podcast so we can know what we're doing well or what we're doing terribly. How about that? Don't tell us that we're doing terribly. I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> I'm well. I'm okay hearing that. So just send that to at Mike Olson Lyle. But um, yeah, and if uh, you know someone who might like the show, let them know about the show. So we'll be back. back. You do it. We'll be back with Creed. Yeah.